folks. As I prepare this, we have the beer of the week, which uh, requires me to untie the top. Yep, like a champagne it's got bottle. A little champagne bottle. Uh, we are talking. Oh my god! We've got a cork in there. Just twisting that off. Yeah. Yeah, we should have people that do this for us. We should. We need a producer. Joe Rogan has one. We can have one, right? I think he's got like three. This is a 10% oh, man. Uh, Christmas ale. Okay. Um, Tom, what were we talking about? Talking about the BFI Sight and Sound. And what was, well, what's the number one film this year? Jean Dielman. Yeah, and what film, where's that from? It's Belgian. Yeah, this is a 10% St. Bernardus Christmas ale. Okay. From the, it's a Belgian Abbey ale. Hmm. From Belgium, Belgium. Um, Saint Bernardus is actually the brewery. Sorry, it's just it's just called a Christmas ale. Then. It's 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 the Saint Bernardus Brewery's Christmas ale, ten percent. Is that it? Does it say anything else? What, uh, are, we, what are we looking for here, Mario? Uh, let's see here. Well, Saint Bernardus Christmas ale is the youngest descendant in the illustrious family of delicious Abbey ales brewed by the brewery since 1946. This specialty ale of 10% ABV is characterized by its deep, dark color. Yep, very dark. Check. Uh, with a creamy, thick head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't pour, the head didn't pour as thick. And a full, almost velvety mouthfeel with a fruity nose. It's a seasonal ale brewed annually for the holiday season. Not shocking. The long winter nights are perfect moments to savor this ale with family and friends. Oh. And to enjoy its unique, complex taste. Uh, so, yeah. So, the way they do this is... Um, the ales are brewed with malt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, after the brewing process, they are matured for three months before being bottle conditioned. They're a living ale, mm. basically. All right, Mario. You like it? I thought, that, I thought this was good. appropriate, right? It looks good, yeah. Sight and sound. A decade of beer, a decade of films. Fruity for sure. That is fucking excellent. Yeah. That's 10%. That does not taste like a 10% beer. I expected like super sweet. It's not super sweet, but it's it's, so fruity. It tastes, it's got a lot of flavor, but not like any. And they uh, said a velvety mouthfeel, right? Not quite. Yeah, no. Velvety mouthfeel would would say coating to me. Um, it's It's a pleasant mouthfeel. Good. Mm. This is, this cost me twenty three dollars. It cost me twenty three dollars. I don't know if I this get it, be, but it's good. This would be a dangerous beer for me. This is this is really good. It is good. I really like this. It's re- weirdly refreshing. Yeah, it is. For a ten percent ABV and you know. Yeah. Oh man, that's one of the better beers I've had it's really in good. a while. Really good. Uh, yeah, because <clears throat> here we are. BFI, every 10 years, they released a sight and sound list, as we talked about in the last episode of this podcast. Um, we made some correct and incorrect predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's do that first before uh, we get into it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the, the incorrect predictions we made, some of the ones. Uh, I said that the Godfather would enter the top 10. Uh, you disagreed with me, and you were correct there. 
Um, I, I thought the Godfather was going to become a, a bigger part of the uh, consciousness of film. And in fact, Godfather Part 2. Which I found fascinating. It fucking Hans Gruber off the list. Yeah. Um, because everyone kind of thinks that that's like a, a better movie. But yeah. it's not like it's. I, I understand guess that it's not a classic. Picked, everyone just and their ten just probably picked the classic. The guy, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also said from 2012 onward, only one film would make the list. Um, my prediction of that was Parasite, mm-hmm. which was correct. Yeah, Parasite did make the list. Um, however, four total films made the list, uh, including Get Out, Moonlight. <laughs> and the highest ranking of them, the 30th greatest film of all time. We'll, which we'll be talking about. Which we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, uh, poor, poor, poor movie. Uh, we also, uh, one of our predictions also is that Come and See would easily show up on this list. I was very I was shocked. surprised. It's on, it's on the director's list. Okay. Um, In the top 100? I'm assuming so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was on... It was, I, I don't have this up, but it's on uh, the director's list um, at 30, I believe. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Good. No, it's not 30. I'm wrong. I am correct. It's not. It's, it's 30. Oh, good. Assuming this is. That's a, this is the 2012 list. <laughs> oh, so it was 30. It was already on the director's list. It was already list on the list, yeah. Okay. Um, but I still believe it is on that list. Um, if it's on, I'm assuming it is too. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, you predicted Tree of Life. We uh, talked Tree about Twelve Life, Years Talks a slave. To a slave. There will be blood. There will be blood. Not making it seem like a shock to everybody. Tree of Life was also kind of a shock since it yeah. was so close in 2012. Um, we did talk about like either would drop from the consciousness. Uh, we don't know the 250 that will be released early next yeah. year. Um, but it does appear as though. Uh, we also talked about the sci-fi world and what we thought would happen with sci-fis with Blade Runner. We thought it would lose the consciousness. Uh, instead, it climbs 15 spots from 69, nice, I don't to know. 54. I, we'll, after, we, yeah, we'll, after, after we, we do this, yeah. I, I want to kind of We're going to kind of go over some, the yeah. list overall. Um, and we talked about Stalker Rising. Uh, conversely... Where Blade Runner rose 15 spots, Stalker dropped 14 spots from 29 to 43. And he had, he didn't have. Tarkovsky? Tarkovsky is, okay, so Mirror is 31. So he Tarkovsky took a little bit of a hit here. Yeah, Tarkovsky has Mirror and Stalker, and that is it, right? Uh, no, he also no, has Andre Andre Rublev Rublev is 67. Is 67. Um, which is which is what he had on the last one, but everything dropped. Yes, because um, Mira was in the teens, Stock was in the twenties, and Andre Rublev, I believe, was in the thirties last time. Yeah, I don't have the twenty twelve list in front of me. Yeah, Mira was nineteen, Stalker was twenty nine, and Andre Rublev was six. So even up above Stalker. Um, interesting. Um, so the things we got right, however, though, uh, there will be a significant shift. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, well, maybe we'll dig into that maybe. for sure. Yep. Uh, Bo Trevi is top 50 easily. Yes. With a bullet. <laughs> yeah. With, with a bullet. It, it shows up at number seven. 
William filmmaker, William filmmakers, women filmmakers will make an impact. Four women have films in the top twenty. Uh, one's uh, co-direction, I believe. Yeah. Um, but what about William filmmakers? It's really interesting. We should we should do that research. Does Weiler have something there? <laughs> um, Varda is top fifty. She is number fourteen. Uh, and my wild card prediction that Gian Delman would make the top ten was, was possibly correct. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit correct. A little correct. Uh, did you read? Know. Did you read? You know, so you have to read Armand White. You have to I do can't, it. Can't it's do so it. good. He's so good. He's fucking crazy. I read enough. I, I showed. I sent you that um, angry white man response yes. to. Portrait of Lady on Fire and everything, and about how now the sight and sound list is ruined. Mario, do you know the word world of real guy? You don't know him, right? Who's real guy? The word world of real, the guy that no, writes no, no, that no, blog. No, 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 God, if I did, I would uh, not. The not guys, know. the guys that write these blogs, like these one person like websites that it's just you know well, writing anti woke material, like so pops up so easily. Um, it's great. I mean. He's crazy. Armand White is crazy. Although Armand White has like really intelligent reasons for like why he thinks the things that he says and really interesting ways of getting at those ideas, which is why I keep reading him, even though I disagree with literally everything he says. He's such a good writer. Um, but uh, so how do you want to start here, Mario? Because I would like to, I could start. I, I, think, I, think, I think we start with the easy part of it in terms of going of films that have left the list. Okay. I think that's the easiest way to look at it, okay. right? Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's mil- so much to unpack. There's a million ways we can we can I, I think, attack I think, this because well, we want to we want to talk about the list itself, but we so, also don't want to blow our load and talk about like the most significant things like right now and then kind yeah, of like peter I, I think, off into I think like the build to build to we will build the things that have left the list, then we'll talk about the list itself and well, and and going from the hundred to to one, right? Okay, um, I didn't really do a lot of research about where films moved in their position or whatnot. Luckily, somebody on Reddit did the research. People, they didn't do it for me, but I, I, I stole it from users Entrancy mm-hmm. and Judaster30. I'm quoting them. Good I'm work. giving you sourcing them. You're doing Judaster30 good. Judaster30 did the uh, every new film in the top 100, and Entrance C did the films that have fallen off the list. I think we're talking about the films that have fallen off the list. Let's do it, yeah. Um, going from the early parts of some of these movies I haven't seen, some of these movies I have, so I can't really speak to some of them. Uh, the Life of Death of Colonel Blimp was previously 93 so is gone. There's a whole bunch of... Um, I, I have I a separate... I've, I've seen it because it's in uh, the Janus Films um, Essential Art House box. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's one of those movies that I was like... I was kind of... When we were doing our original... like. Um, Talk a couple weeks ago. You were right with the color of pomegranates. <laughs> Good, but the color of pomegranates and the death of Colonel Blimp are two movies where I'm just kind of like, no one need, these aren't these aren't what movies are anymore. And I want to make sure that I say that now before we get to the thing. I think the idea of what a movie, what a canonical movie is, has really changed significantly. Has it has it overcorrected a little bit? I think probably. But getting something like the life of Colonel Blimp. Um, now we have Intolerance in Leaving, Recalled, Refunded, yeah, yeah, yeah. that one easily. That was easy. Uh, Unchi and Angelou was, was a little surprising that's to like, me. It's, there's no, there isn't any Bunuel on the list. Yeah, that's, that's which a bummer. Which is fucking weird. You can't do that. And that's where I think you run into these problems. Is that like, how can you have no Bunuel on a list of the 100 greatest films ever made? Well, and the issue, I mean, I, mean, I don't know, the issue becomes like, 
we talked about, and I almost, I almost like look back and like, like think like, oh man, if we could have done our ten films that we would have put on it, I think it would have been worthwhile enough to do. You motherfucker. Um, <laughs> because I, I do think I do imagine myself putting Exterminating Angels on that list. Yeah. Um, Something. Or, um, I'm forgetting it right now. The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie? No, no. Um, Belle de Jour? Belle de Jour, yeah. Belle, I, would, I would probably put Belle... Uh, I would put Belle de Jour. Probably Exterminating Angels on mm-hmm. there. Um, it's hard to do when there's only 10 films, obviously. So, like... But it is, it is weird doing Shenandoah, which is still very present. Uh, sure. Honestly, honestly, very present. I'm not... Present isn't the right word. Present in our in our consciousness. Mm-hmm. I have that Boonwell shirt. Yeah. That is the uh, Baja shirt that has the, you know, Unchanalu. And like it is the quintessential short art film yeah. to this day. But this is the thing. This is part of, I think, what. That so- also from 93, the seventh seal dropping off. But Ber- this, Bergman yes. also suffered yes. quite. And this badly. is what the stuff I want to say in favor of the people that are kind of having a really hard time with this list. It is hard to tell the story of film in. The 20th century going forward into the 21st century without a Boonwell film, specifically Unchan Andalou, without the Seventh Seal. I mean, I, there's, you know, Persona went up, I think, a little bit. Um, but I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't, I want, I know that we can't achieve perfection with people just voting unranked for 10 movies, but it just seems weird that we've decided, like, the Seventh Seal is no longer representative of can no longer represent film. Yeah, and I, I mean, this is this is my issue with, I mean, it's not really my issue, but my presentation of this list has always been it is not the definitive top 100 films. And I'll I'll take the positives from it. Like, we'll talk about it. But I'll take, I'll take the, the, the wins. Me for too. Me. But I me won't, too. I won't take the losses in the sense of, I see this as an introduction to films I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, really quickly before I forget, we talked recently. We talked in the previous episode about the movie we forgot. It's the Burial Kojo. Mm. Um, was the was the um, Kenyan? I believe it's Kenyan film that we're trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Kenyan? The, for people who are wondering what African film we're trying to remember, it oh was yeah, Burial, yeah, yeah, yeah. Burial of Kojo. Yep. Um, yeah, and I, I look at this as more of an introduction. I don't look at this as like the definitive top one hundred. because yeah. there's no way. In the and we talked about this in the previous episode, in something where uh, over a hundred thousand films exist, mm-hmm. a top one hundred list is is pointless. It, it, it doesn't serve anything. The one thousand and one films to watch when you die. There's that um. There's that one website that does that compiles. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Rotten Tomatoes. No, it's like I see <laughs> something. They take a pile a bunch of lists of like the top 100 films. Oh, of all yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, the films rewatch or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. If we had, we don't have a Twitter. If we had some sort of social media presence, I would Fuck I'd mention Twitter. it. But while you're talking, at some point, I'll be looking it up and I'll bring it up later. Okay. Uh, in this episode, you will hear what that is. Um, that I see as like a more definitive list of all the movies to see. Uh, Science Sound is just kind of another entry point of possible movies to see. It's not. To me, the definitive top 100, but well, it's nice to see a conglomeration of the thoughts of 1,600 to 2,000 critics and what they feel are the, the films I agree with define you. them and but, their visualization of so cinema. So here's, here's what I would argue, and, we can, and I'll use this as an opportunity to kind of go up through the list a little bit. I think when the original, the original um, 
uh, feeling about the sight and sound list was that this was um, this was canon building, mm-hmm. and literature doesn't have anything like this. Um, music doesn't have anything like this. Um, music is kind of more the most well defined, I think, of like what is canonical versus what isn't canonical. You know what I mean? Like canonical works come out, and everyone's like, "Well, that's canonical." You know what I mean? Like midnights. I, I've just no, not Renaissance. <laughs> well, but but like so the White but, Album or something. But not not even like the White Album, like To Pimp a Butterfly. Like I've just been was listening to the Kendrick Lamar record. Um, is canonical. It came out and it was just like, well, this is canonical. Or uh, the like same Tyler Tyler creator Tyler the Creator's album from last year. No, Tyler the Creator has not reached that level yet. Okay, and he won't because he's a homophobe. Oh, but okay. like. Um, he's also intensely creative and like those albums are like exploding with but ideas. Something like uh, was Phoebe Bridgers last out al- the album she did a couple years back. That was kind of stranger in the Alps. Is that it? Yes, but no, not canonical. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to offer, but, that's what, but those are good. Like those are good. Those are good suggestions. Psychopomp. Except yeah. Psychopomp. Um, like the eight, so like you're looking at like very obvious things. Like so it's so it's less it's less interesting than that. That's the thing. It's the Amy Wine. It's back in black, or back to black. The Amy Winehouse record. It's that Adele record um, that won everything. It's Lemonade. Um, I mean, but you know what I mean. Songs. I mean, like like Chinatown. Nineteen eight. So if you're if you're but like like how Chinatown falls out of the canon. You know, so when music does my beautiful dark twisted fantasy now fall out, it does not fall out. It does not. Okay, that's the really interesting thing about it is that it's stuck forever. Because Rolling Stone just released this list a couple like during like Kanye's initial freakout. It's still a fucking great album. That's absolutely, and that's the thing. Everyone's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like he's Kanye West, but that record transcends all of the records. What I'm interested in is the idea that in film, Unchen Andalu and Seven Seal, I think are canonical. Aguirre, Wrath of God, A Day in the Century, um, Greed. Greed, I guess, is historically, but not like from a film But everything builds, a lot of stuff build off. Of I it, guess right? so. You know, Color of Pomegranates, Fanny and Alexander is 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 classic, but it's, is it canonical? No. I don't think Lawrence so either. Lawrence Arabia is. Lawrence Arabia is, so that's a weird one. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, how do you tell the story of cinema without a movie that made a certain shot the, just a thing that you did in a certain size movie or that defined the idea of like the big screen. You know what I mean? Like this is why we go to movies is to see shots like this. Um, Many of the Amersons like, like paints that line, I guess. I guess it does. But like, I've never seen it to be honest. Nashville. <laughs> is, <laughs> that, looks, that looks awesome on the, on the computer. Cause what are we talking about? Like my hopes. Besides, but does it seem weird besides, to you? Besides John Ford? No. It seems fucking great. <laughs> Fuck Robert Altman. You're out of here, buddy. Armand Get out of here. Armand White's going to hate this episode. Um, he likes Altman? Altman oh, yeah. hates him. Altman would have hated him. No, they would have gotten, gotten along because he probably liked all the same movies. But like right. The Grand Illusion. I think, do you need it? Children of Paradise. I think, do you need it? I don't, I'm not sure. Like, Rio Bravo. Everyone thought Rio Bravo was going to get kicked off, and it did. Pickpockets. I mean, Rio Bravo, Rio Bravo could have stayed, and you could have dropped Searchers. But yeah. But, um, pick, but, but Searchers, <laughs> Searchers is too high. Um, Pickpockets is a great movie. Wild Strawberries is a great movie. Um, 
Like, but the mother and the whore. Are we really getting... You, a, like, you like Rio Bravo more in Search of Rio? Talk about this? I don't really don't like John Ford movies. They say you like Rio Bravo more. No, I think I like The Searchers more, probably. Oh. Well, Rio Bravo is Howard Hawks. It's more accessible. It's more... Like, I don't, I don't like any of those movies, though. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at canon stuff. Good and Bad, The Ugly did not make the list like we thought it would. Which is so fucking weird. Yeah. But The Wild Bunch also got kicked yeah. off the list. Like, what are we doing? So no, like, Westerns, except for The Searchers, aren't allowed? Like, that's it? I don't get it. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. Touch of Evil's a weird one to drop off the list. I um, think Raging Bull is also a weird one to drop off the list. Like, I... I accept Raging Bull dropping off the list because the movie that replaces it on a list has become. Are you talking much, about Godfather? I mean, uh, Goodfellas. Good yeah, it, it's yeah. become much more resonant with the current the culture. film culture. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. I think I think Raging Bull is an extremely better movie personally for me. I know you love Goodfellas. Raging um, Bull is, is seventy spots higher on my list. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's hard to remember. No, 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 it's uh, fine. But, That's why it's my list. Yeah. Um, but I do think in, in terms of the modern cinema, like Raging Bull is less important to modern film than Goodfellas. Here's what I would. Wolf of Wall Street, presuming Babylon, those movies are made in the same vein and spirit. Um, the, the S Craig Zoller films are made in the same spirit, like the kind of extremism. Um, is made in that same spirit of Goodfellas. I think, oh, for sure. For I 100% agree with you. I think, though... And Lorraine Bracco has in her contract that she wants to show up <laughs> on any list ever. I think that um, Raging Bull is will do fine as a kind of... Raging Bull could easily pop Underground. Up it could also come back in 2030. But when you watch Raging Bull, you don't think... Well, Martin Scorsese will be dead by then. Pop, you don't think popular movie. You think, like, messy, dirty, kind of, like underground out of a hole type stuff you know what i mean goodfellas and raging bull like aren't the same movie. yeah I, one I of them is a popular think... movie experience and one of them is like a psychological like you know torture and, board and i do think i would agree and i think a lot of the people that would have would have occupied the same headspace with raging bull to filled it with taxi driver maybe yeah and so now you only get one of those movies on the list. Yeah, because I, I think, like I said, I, 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 the expansiveness of of the list has has we kind of like I don't know has, has we kind of like move into what's got added. List. Not even no, because we can talk about the list itself. Okay, and as we get through it, we will. Is that how you how I do it? Like, has talk about the list, and then we can like mention the things well, that got added. Want, how do you want to um, do? You want to go big? Do you want to start by kind of discussing big picture? What the list and what happened here? Yeah, let's discuss the big picture, and then we'll kind of like. Go through the list, okay. But um, I don't know. In terms of of those things, like I would agree. Like it is weird to see things like Unchi and Angelou, especially Seventh Seal. Even though I'm not a big Seventh Seal fan, a Wild Bunch isn't isn't too shocking uh, for me. I I just I, I would have thought it would have stayed, but I could understand. There's this kind of apprehension or pushback against the Peck and Paw. That's what I was just going to say. Sort of style. Yes. Um, there, there's, there's this, you know, also once upon a time, the West is still on the list, by the way. So there is Western still there. Um, it's the, the most elegant Westerns you can, <laughs> yeah, you can have. Exactly. Um, I could see a pushback in terms of the modern dialogue of what the wild bunch represents. And that's kind of where it gets into that gray line of, uh, like, I don't, I still know if, I don't think wild bunch would have made like my personal top. I don't know. Top hundred or top ten? My top, my top ten, like the movies oh, I would definitely have, would have the made. movies I would have picked because I would have obviously picked this 
I would depict the 10 as canonical, what I think should be canonical films, yeah. right? So, like, it wouldn't obvious. I wouldn't do have Do you know what that Die would Hard. be off the top of your head? I don't know what it would okay. be. I do know Portrait of Lady on Fire would have been there. It, but still. It would have been on your top 10 yeah, of yeah. all time. Yeah. Canonical. Yeah, because I just. That's a lie. No, it would have been. It would have been just because I would have wanted to. Get, it would have been the one thing where I'm trying to like get that movie on the list. Okay. So, so let's uh, let me start. I will say that. By do, saying, do I think canonically it's the top ten movie of all time? No, right. but I would have done it. Let me just start by saying, I've spiraled on this list. Screaming Angels would have been. I could probably think of it after a while. I spiraled on this list. I think I told you. Maybe I didn't tell you. I think I did. Maybe I told you. I was at work when this came out. I stopped working and sat at my desk looking at this list, exclaiming out loud at every new miracle that my eyes beheld on this list, Mario. That includes the number one, the number seven, the number fucking 14. Like, it's... Which was not on the list before. Which was not on the list before, but fucking deserved to be. So people like Armand goddamn fucking White and whatever that asshole's name on World of Real is, like, Agnes Varda helped write the language of film. I don't think I've seen Cleo from Five to Seven. It's more beautiful and perfect than... That's... that's, So, like... Has has retransitioned to the new pivotal thing. I think that's something we should watch, Sure. As someone who I know does not like Breathless, you don't have to like Breathless because you can just watch... Cleo 5 to 7. Because it's better in every way than everything Godard has ever done. But like from a visual standpoint. You know what I mean? Maybe it doesn't have the spirit of the French New Wave. You know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever that is. But Agnes Varda created that language. Helped create that language. So the idea that she wasn't represented on these lists at all was fucking insane. So 14 seems like... It's almost not she generous has, enough. She has two films on this list? She does, because she has The Gleaners and I, too, right. which is perfect because that's what she, that's the other thing that she was amazing at was making these documentaries. Um, so, you know. Yeah, we had predicted a documentary of hers was going to make it. We did, had, yeah, uh, you had mentioned that. You had, I thought you had thought of a particular documentary. No, we had just said, like, one of the documentaries. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as you, so as you've gotten away from it, you've. As I've gotten away from it, I, and, and I did a little bit of reading. Um, I was kind of like, and like listened to a couple of podcasts. I was a little like indignant about the stuff that was left, the stuff that was left off. I was in like, cause we, as we just talked about, like, how do you make a list which is strives to be canonical without these movies? And then it, you take into consideration how the list is made. You have 1600 voters instead of 800. You have unranked top 10 lists. So it's just which was how it's always that's how it's always been. So it's just ten movies, but before it seemed like everyone was essentially voting from the same pool of movies, and now the pool of movies has expanded. I have now come to see this list as a necessary kick in the crotch to the culture, and even if I disagree with some of the movies that are on here, I think it's I think it's a and I'm gonna, I don't want to cry because I cried at work when I was like looking at it. I think it's a beautiful document that says, that tells all the Armand Whites and like all the fucking gatekeepers to go fuck themselves. And I, I agree to an extent. I think it's a beautiful, I don't think it's a canon list of the greatest center movies because that's a fucking nonsense idea, obviously. But it still kind of is. It still kind of is, obviously. Which is weird. Because there's, there's a clear intent 
it is is a vast network of people being chosen. Um, we will once we see the expansion to two hundred fifty, we'll kind of probably see that canon um, bigger. Um, well, so people have argued that um, one of the things I'm just going to have a little bit of this because it's so heavy. It's uh, so high ABV. Yeah. One of the things that people have well, argued. I figured you enjoyed it, so you might want. It's more. good. Yeah. Um, one of the things people have argued is that you'll probably see pretty high up on the 101 to 250, the Paul Thomas Anderson films, like four or five of them cl- all clustered together. I'm hoping I'm hoping Moonwell shows up in the top 150. For sure. You know what I mean? So these directors that have a lot of movies that probably a lot of people voted for, but like but we're it's split. very scattered. Exactly, because we, right. we talked about Boonwell, and it's like surprising that Boonwell doesn't have something on here, but that's because mm. I can see the people the uh of those voters splitting between Exterminating Angels and Discreet Carmen de Bourgeoisie and um, Belle de Jour, you know, and those votes being so splintered amongst them that they just don't show up. And the way I look at this list is, is not as a canon of it, but I look at it as like this, this great response to the, how closed off 2012 was for one, mm-hmm. like just being kind of a travesty in terms, not a travesty, but kind of each, each list is indicative of its time. It is a beautiful snapshot of when it takes place. Like 2022 and 2012 worlds are, like we talked about, vastly different. We talked about the significant shift. Yep. The culture <clears throat> and the discussion of film has increased. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's a billion film podcasts now, us included. Um, well, there's only everyone, one that matters. The, the big picture. Uh, <laughs> the rewatchable. Uh, How yeah. did this get made? That's still on. I like that one. I stopped. I stopped listening. To no, I think they way. transitioned to um, unspooled. Oh, the, 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 the I think it's the same people. Yeah. Um, anyway, but like each thing's a, a snapshot of when it took place. It take, takes place, and you know, in response, you know, rising from you know, Me Too, and yep. and rising from the need for inclusion. Uh, you know, this is a response to that. Um, you know, there, the <clears throat> argument could be made that G.N. Delman is number one because that's what the, a lot of people picked as the movie that was highest up on the list from a woman director. And, you know, maybe that's just showed up in everyone's list. So be it. Whatever. It, yeah. It's nice to see the representation. It is, I will say, before we kind of dive into the list, it's unfortunate that we're not seeing still a lot of representation from as much representation from South American filmmakers it's still fairly non-global like it's still heavily westernized and my hope was that including so many new critics including so many new people we would maybe see indian films south american films more africa's killer sheep's african and black girls killer sheep is american is killer Charles Sheep's american, american. black yeah. girls black girls senegal yeah. and france yeah. um but you know we would see kind of more global cinema that would be fairly unknown. So we I might see more experimental filmmaking. And that um, is my, when I say it's a kick in the crotch of, to like film culture, I think that's what it is. I think the 2032 list, which is a stupid thing to talk about, like well, a couple weeks I'll after this dead, came out, yeah. um, <laughs> I think that will be... Eaten by a lion. I almost think that will be the definitive... Detroit lion. <laughs> Jared Goff is just going to come and eat <laughs> your face. Um, I think that the... 2032 list and this is because this is how I approach everything that's even vaguely political in my life with like a weird like sick optimism that like I shouldn't have will be like 
not a perfect list, but I think we will. I think people will learn from this list. We'll watch more. We'll watch movies. We'll watch a lot of fucking movies. Yeah, and I think there'll be stuff on here. I would be interested to see. And streaming will increase. We're seeing sure. more foreign film. Like R R being very likely to oh, get a best. But it is the things no, that need to happen. Sort I of think thing. so. That, but I think that maybe R R is a gateway exactly. into those types of movies. And does the internet kind of? take some movies that no one's ever even heard of under its wing and be like this movie this is the this is the movie from Argentina that we all need to watch this is the movie from Singapore that we all need to watch this is the movie from yeah, like, like there's Mexico that we all need to watch there is uh, upcoming like a I believe it's a Filipino horror film that's starting to gain like traction mm-hmm. uh, for it's like American release and it's it's very it's about like this this group uh after World War II and, you know, there's like a fairy involved. So it's kind of like a weird monster thing. And everyone's like, this is weird. And it's like, well, this is what our films, our horror films are like. Like, and it'd be nice to kind of get, yeah. Like, like I think there's going to be that globalization and a global kind of language that forms hopefully and, in 2032. And do you, because I do, I think this list facilitates that conversation. Absolutely. I think I will not start on this one point, but I think, no. So Get I'll, Out was a co-Japan? Oh, because it's a Sony picture. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll like wait on that. Let's, do you want to start from the bottom or do you want to start from the top? No, start from the bottom. Um, up. So tropical we, get, ma- we get a f- five-way, six-way tie for 95. And it's a great, I think it's a really, really, really interesting collection of movies. Yeah, three, a, of, a these, three, of, these are, three of these are new films on the list. But they're again. all, they're deserving films. Yeah, so we get, um, I mean, I, I, I Say on some of these, uh, Get Out, which uh, is a new film. Uh, so we let's, from new. To maybe movies. we don't go. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Maybe we don't go like movie by movie, but maybe we pick chunks and talk yeah, yeah. about like you know. Well, I was just, just going to mention the film. Yeah, yeah. So Get Out. Uh, we've talked about that excessively in the past. It's new to the list. The General, previously on the list. Uh, Black Girl, a film I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So. Speak. We'll, we'll talk, add it to the, we'll we'll talk about, to the list. We'll talk. Yeah, you write those down because we'll talk about. I do want to at the end of this. Yeah, maybe pick the the maybe it's gonna be a couple months off, but I want to pick the first movie re re rewatch. Yeah, um, Tropical Malady uh, from one twenty seven now to ninety five. Another film I haven't seen. Um, Once upon a time in the West. Uh, get over here. Um, uh, the Once for Julio film and a uh, Man Escaped. The film. The Robert Bresson. <laughs> film unfortunate that it we're so bad film like podcasters that we don't like um brisson we just don't like him or i don't like him anyway yeah and i think i i was fine like with man escaped like i said um i get why alhazard balthazar has to be on the list but i still don't like obviously pickpocket is still the one i i kind of like from that love pickpocket yeah um but yeah so these are new ones the Black immediately we see with with Black Girl kind of the new yeah. voice coming in for Get Out kind of the second you see Get Out there you're like oh, okay but I but that's a thing I get I don't mean the like the alliteration I get Get Out because Get Out is representative of this this era of filmmaking it's representative Absolutely. of of great. a whole like almost. I let it be said. What a, what did I say was the well best made film yeah. of the past twenty years? It's 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 genre. It's 
deep and it is inclusive. It is a new voice saying something new. And this is what this list is for, I think. You know what I mean? The, the 95 is, I think, a perfect amalgamation of what this list is capable of. You know, uh, uh, We're a Sethical movie, which, you know, unless you're into We're a Sethical, you haven't seen. Um, a movie, Black Girl, which nobody has seen. Get Out, which everybody has seen. Once Upon a Time in the West, that everybody has heard of, at least. And The General, which is, you know, a foundational text for film. I mean, that's your list, in a nutshell. And you move up from there. You have Edward Yang still, like, kicking around somehow. I mean, you should watch Yee Yee. You'd just be oh, bored yeah, so, of your mind. Yeah, but talking about 90s. We're... I mean, and then Parasite is tied for 90. Ugetsu tied for 90. The Leopard. Ugetsu, The Leopard are, like, on there all the time. Um, what's the other one? What's the Max Ophuls movie? Madam oh, Day. Madam Day. Um... I just have my list here, and it's not on. Adam Day. Oh, that's it. I've never seen that movie. Never seen it, yeah. So of those, yeah, sorry. You're, I was just preparing stuff, but I've, I yeah, still yeah. haven't. Getsu, I, I just still can't. Fuck I know, yeah, you said. Um, still haven't seen The Leopard. Still haven't seen Man Day. He, I was shocked when I saw Parasite this far down. You thought it was going to be higher? Yeah, I thought it was, like, I, I thought it was going to be solidly, like, in the 60s. I thought it was going to be where Moonlight occupies. Uh, we'll get there. Of this, yeah, once again, Parasite being the one new film. And, did, I mean, but that makes a lot... I get it. I mean, that was a global phenomenon, and it's a difficult, dark film made by a young auteur. Mm. You know I mean? It just makes sense to me that Bong Joon-ho would be on this list. And I get that it's not far enough removed, maybe, for it to be canonical yet. It's not defining anything. But I bet in the next couple of years... There's going to be a lot of, and have already been made, a lot of uh, wannabe parasites. You know what I mean? Um, we move up then to see Wong Kar Wah, uh, now showing up with uh, Chungking Express, which is a lot I still haven't seen. Uh, moving from 144 now to 88. Uh, this is kind of the first sign that we'll see with your prediction that um, <laughs> the mood for love will explode. On this Told you. Uh, the Shining also debuts, unfortunately. Um, but that makes sense, right? It does. It's it does. Key no, film. it's key. It's key, and it's it's raised in prominence. Speaking of Eternal Daughter, that uses a different part yeah. of the Boris Barkov like song. Like they both use different part. Like Eternal Daughter, Dark Daughter uses oh, oh. a different portion of that song. Yeah, that than The Shining does. I knew I recognized that fucking song. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and they fucking uh, yeah. So so. You know, I, I think these are both indicative of, of the change in the culture. Wong Kar Wah, like we said, in the mood for love, kind of exploded onto the scene um, during the, the pandemic. I think a lot of people looked at in the mood for love again. Uh, and we see it here. The Shining also definitely with uh, Room 234. 236. 236. Uh, there's a, there, um, and, yeah, there was a, the culture of The Shining, Dr. Stray. Yes. Uh, but not even any of those things. I think there's just a whole bunch of people. I think there's a whole bunch of people that reassessed. Are reassess- I think Stanley Kubrick is one of those directors whose career is being reassessed constantly. And I think one of the things that we've seen is that The Shining. Um, and both of these are new to the list. Too. Yes. Cool. And they both. And I think The Shining got. Actually, maybe Chunky Express a little bit too, but I, I'm not as well versed in like Wong Kar Wai's career. 
The Shining got pigeonholed very early as a as a as a horror movie and as a seminal horror text, but I think in hindsight it is um it's much more than that. It is uh been broken down to its component parts and then includes Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall's and, performances. And think- that includes the direction. It also includes all like you mentioned room 236. It includes all those meta textual elements that may or may not be there, which is part of what film culture is now. And I think, and that's what I think, I think more what I spoke about when I incorrectly predicted Tokyo story becoming number one, mise-en-scene and kind of the technical aspects of film becoming more important. The shining is definitely a master work in terms of its technicality. It's technical expertise, not technical. Mm-hmm. Um, technical expertise um, and I believe film criticism in general has moved more towards the appreciation of that than it was 10 years ago so it makes sense that's it would not surprise here. me if it moved in the next list it moved, if it moved up well we can't that's something we can't tell we can't um, but it would not surprise me 84 we have two movies from somebody and what then what? we have Spirit in the Beehive and Blue Velvet at, also at 84 and then uh, a couple other movies we're not going to talk about um, yeah there's so much there's so much Godard like just bunched up together, which means that Godard showed up on a lot of people's lists. He did. Uh, I, again, these lists were before his death. But it's another one that I think is going to be Paul Thomas Anderson, Boonwell. I bet there's a shit ton of Godard in 101 to like 140. You know what I mean? That like because it was clear that people were voting for Godard. Um, just I think the list got like split a lot. Mm. Uh, then we get Sleed and Julie go boating at 78. And write that one down. Never seen that. Mm. Have you ever seen that? Nope. Or just, just mark it, I guess. Uh, A Matter of Life and Death, the Powell Pressburger movie. Uh, um, what's it called? still on here? Black Narcissus? No, Black Narcissus. No. I've never seen Matter of Life and Death. I love Powell and Pressburger. So that's another one. I've never seen that either. Uh, Black, have you seen Black Narcissus? Of course. Yeah, like... I just watched it actually. Like recently. just a single shot, I see it. Like that's gotta be good. Uh, Modern Times uh, and Edward Yang, both of his movies, stick it on there. No. Uh, and my incorrect prediction that Santantago was going to disappear. That eight-hour masterwork, which I well, I'm gonna say that eight-hour film, which I've never seen. Uh, still, uh, I've seen I've seen bits of it, parts of it. There is literally nothing like sitting through a Bellatar movie. I was just, I made... I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen, like, the... You know. I made my wife watch the beginning of Tour and Horse, and she's like, why are we doing this? And I was like, what do you mean, why are we doing this? It's a horse! And listen to the music, and it's the most perfect introduction to, like, to, like, life... Is he still alive? Uh, I think he is. He just retired. Okay. As of, like, fighting against nature that you can have. I love it. I love yeah, it. You I'm, should do I'm, it. I'm shocked that it's. I was shocked that it stayed in. I think um, it's. I think it's one of those ones that's going to be. That, that people it's that very difficult. Like, like I assume. Yes. I assume you probably would have put it in. 100. percent So I think it's people like you, the critics like you, who are just like enough of those but people thing, exist. I think so. I think there's. But this is like a larger. This is a larger element of the of. of but this this the would, list. this this is kind of like one of those movies, and also I would agree. I would, also, Modern Time being another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, something from Pound Pressburger. And then the one film I didn't mention at 78, Sunset Boulevard, those movies feel canonical. They do feel canonical. I think, and Sunday I think, is one of those movies that's Is the of, Edward Yang movies canonical, or is he just that? I think he's, I think this is stuff where... So we're going to do... It's, put, 
older circle, pe- circle those. We have to do an Edward Yang episode. It's older people who, again, were in with the Edward Yang experience when that when that came about in like 2002, mm. and are Does still vo- are still voting. Two list. No, but he because he, he dies two thousand. He dies before he is ninety eight. Yeah, he dies in. 2010 yeah. or something so like that. So these are people, right that, have, these are people that have kind of picked list. up this Edward Yang thing. I think the next list won't have any Edward Yang on it, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, but I think no, Senator those, Tango's... Those people, I mean, if it's a 91 thing, like these people would probably be, would have been in their 30s probably when they saw this. So they're going to be like in their 70s. I, when I was a teenager, in my girlfriend said her favorite movie was Yee Yee. And she was a year younger than I was. So... Like so, she was up on film clearly, but also so so it Edward spoke Yang, to there was an Edward Yang thing. So Edward Yang's going to be there for our lives. May I? Yeah, I think so. We're getting bogged down. No, no, we're we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're getting there. I feel uh, like we can spend all day debating on whether, like what's going to happen with these movies. So now seventy five, we have uh, we have Sancho the Bailiff, uh, Imitation of Life. You know, those movies I've seen. And then at 75 and also tied for 72, we get Miyazaki popping on the list right next to each other. It's so cute. Don't you love that Spirited Totoro is higher? And to- I do. I do, oh, too. Totoro is higher on, on my list, so I do appreciate it. It's so funny. Was Totoro on your list? No. Spir- no I just Spirit- put Spirited Away. Spirit- just Spirited Away. But I had- it kind of Spirited Away represented like the whole Miyazaki experience for me. And I talked a lot about that when we did the when we did the list, um, and I think that might be part of the reason Mario that like Pinocchio. I think I would have liked Pinocchio a lot more if I watched it without my kids, because I kept just wondering what they were, what their deal was. Well, the, 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 I would say this though: the entire time I watched this, like really quickly before I get into that, yeah, just just my quick aside is when I like when I was reading this list, I was like, did I? Did I did I get really drunk and vote on this list? Because I saw Spirited Away slight like Spirited Away and my Tabor Totoro on this. Yeah. But Totoro being higher, I was like, and then I saw the 30. I was like, did I what the did fuck I is get going a, on? Did I get a ballot? <laughs> um no, but I think so sorry, what you were saying about No, no, but kid. I think that's part of the problem is that and this I I can make this speak to the idea of this list is that I think people are voting and watching I'm watching movies now through the eyes of my kids. So I'm not connecting with them because I'm just watching how my kids connect with it. So my son was sitting on my lap when we were, we were like on the couch facing the screen. And I knew he was invested in this really dark movie that's dark for him, who has experienced a lot of trauma in the last year. And who like, I, as soon as I started mentioning death, with, I was with like, which film? With, the, with Pinocchio. Pinocchio? Okay. And I was like, oh, damn it. But he was sitting up the whole time. He was not like, like cuddled up against me. He was like, like. Up, I was leaning back and he was like sitting up and I was like, oh, this kid is into this movie. And that's kind of all I cared about, which I think was part of, I think was part of like my disconnect. But the same thing happened, the same thing happens with Spirited Away is the only thing I kind of held on to a little bit of, but I talked a little bit about this when we did it in our, in our episode, was that like when I watched Spirited Away with them the last time I watched it, they were, that's how they watched it. They watched it on the edge of their seats. What the hell is this? I cannot stop watching this movie. Um, I mean, my hot take of this is like looking at this list, like spirit, like the Miyazaki movies, and especially Spirited Away and Totoro. As I like get older, are the movies that are 
timeless and like the Disney yes. animated films yes. necessarily aren't. I just punched myself in the keys. I hope I didn't stop my alarm. Um, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, did you just hurt yourself? <laughs> no, I, I was just like, oh no. Um, yes. That's, I 100% agree and that's why this is important because this is why this list is so weird is that you have these two movies that kind of define Miyazaki who is one of the signature filmmakers of the last like 40 years. Mm. He must be on this list and these are two perfect representations of that. And right but there. Which also- shows you that like people were split down the yep, middle absolutely. about Spirited Away. And like, well, 52% to 48%. I talked to a friend of mine at work and she was like, the first thing she said was like, Because I think my neighbor Totoro may have shown up on my 10. My 10. Yeah. Probably. Because I would have wanted to put an animated film on there. Mm. And I probably, I would have picked my neighbor Totoro. I would not have, but it would have been, it would have been, I mean, my Spirited, Spirited, Spirited like, Away would have like, been close. Beauty and the Beast is higher, like on my pivotal film list i think it's different lists it's different lists yeah because yeah. um but yeah we get journey to italy uh and lay of you haven't seen lay aventura i don't think so maybe i did and just forgot about it to be honest that would be um, appropriate. at 67 now we're getting into like some of these movies that are that's one of those uh, ones that's going to stick around forever yeah. too forever uh we get the gleaners and i being the new movie the the varda uh, documentary, circle that one. I love 67. Circle that one. 67 is such a great list uh, of movies. Andre Rublev, which is Tarkovsky's, in my opinion, still second best. But his best movie, Rublev probably would have shown up on uh, would shown up on my ten. Huh. I think. I think that would have been in. I would in have my had 10. Stalkers is on mine, but yeah, I think I, Andre Rublev is a masterpiece. I would have. I would have sat there between my favorite being. Solaris mm-hmm. and Andre Rublev. I think I would have picked Andre Rublev because it's more grounded. I'm glad it's still there. I do think it dropped. It did a lot. Um, unfortunately, um, Metropolis also obviously seminal. Uh, yep. That would have not shown up on my list. Uh, Balsh Potemkin would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Red Shoes, the the new a, a new one. So I was shocked that a Pal Pressburger film popped up this high. I know. I've never seen Red Shoes either. There is a so there is a whole big thing, and you may have seen this on Reddit a little bit. There's a whole big thing going around um, about the idea that the Criterion Collection has fifty percent of this list, owns the rights to fifty percent of this list, and the Red well, Shoes we, we, is we, one of those movies. We, but we talked about this. Yes, we talked about the fact that streaming was going to have such a big effect, and I think it does. I think a lot of people dug into Pal and Pressburger on the Criterion Collection, and then started reading some stuff. And the Red Shoes is a classic film. I mean, it's Roger Ebert's. So, like the the most populist film critics have written positively about the Red, Red Shoes. Red Shoes is like, it's a very populist movie. Absolutely, right? it's like it's like a so it movie? makes sense that it, it actually does make a lot of sense should that it a, showed we up. Do, we should do a Pal Pressburger episode. That'd be good. I think it would be good until like we hit like the third movie, and then we're just like, you know what? I get it. We'll get so. They're good, and, and you know they're classic. They're repris- They're deserve to be on the list, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. The audience. They're making it rain. Uh, at 66, we get uh, Tokiboki. Which was the which was the only black directed film. Or, and that um, was in the 80s before? Or where was it before? Uh, I have it. It was 70 something, I think. Was it 70 something? Okay. 
was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember where it was on the list before. Uh, while you're doing that, um, the no, it was ninety three. Was it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that then sixty three. You have a three way tie between Casablanca, Casablanca Goodfellas, and The Third Man. Another classic, like yeah, collection of films. This is where now where we get well, Goodfellas being the new one. We talked about this. Goodfellas kind of being more incense. Uh, Casablanca being the one that like people being pissed off is now that fine. Casablanca actually moved up. Fuck that movie, man. But it moved up. It's the most obvious stupid movie. Yeah. It's, okay. it's okay. We can get over it. Yeah. At, All right. Now at 60. Should we pause? Sure. Daughters of the Dust. Have you seen Daughters of the Dust? I have not either. So we'll circle that. La Dolce Vita, which both of us are just kind of like, I get it, but it's yeah. La Dolce Vita. And Moonlight. Moonlight. I was shocked. I, I did was, not this is, this expect. Is, a lot I, of people expected Moonlight. I did not. Mario, this is. There's two shocks on my list when I watched when I did this thing, and we'll talk about one of them extensively. I'm sure. This is the other one. I kind of don't get it. I guess I get it rep, from a from an inclusivity standpoint. It represents something. By the way, that, that list specific. that list of a thousand movies is that they shoot pictures, don't they? Oh, okay. Is the thousand they compile a bunch of things to watch? So. Um, I get it. I don't, I've never been on, I think part of the problem with the new movies is that if you're not like a fan of that movie, if you've seen that movie a bunch of times and I have seen Moonlight a bunch of times, I only really like two thirds of that movie. Um, and I only really remember very well one third of that movie. This this is the one that feels most ah, fuck. I hate to say it. This is the one that feels most not not deserving because it does deserve it. But that like we're not talking about the movie. It feels the most present in people's minds. It feels like the. But doesn't it feel like we're not feels, talking about the film? We're talking about like what the film means. I I know. I I think it feels as though I think a lot of people that respond. The people I've read who respond to Moonlight respond to Moonlight the way I respond to Portrait of Lady on Fire, mm. right? And I'm still only two years removed from Portrait of Lady on Fire, and I do think it's going to stay there in my head forever. But they responded to so viscerally that even, like I said, Portrait of Lady on Fire would have been on my 10 list, even though probably necessarily, objectively, I would not say it's one of the 10 best films ever made. I think there's enough response from people to Moonlight just from the way they expound upon it. So you're saying that, that there's people that are I think I think if we're I think if this list was made a year from now, everything ever all once would have all would have made the top two fifty of dare this. You? But I do you? think it would have. So you're saying that people are voting for it not necessarily emotionally. They're emotionally And and that's why I looked at it. Not and I was because like, I think it's one of the ten best movies ever made, but just because like I Moonlight. have such I have such an emotional response to what this film is doing. I'm not going to do the research, but maybe, and I'm not saying that you need to do the research either. I'm just wondering if you've seen it. Have there been people that I would be interested to know if there is, are, are if there are people that voted that are of a certain age whose lists are very decade centric, who Moonlight like is. SS. <laughs> what? Like SS. Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who, no, but like Moonlight is the 2010s movie they voted for. Yeah, and that's, that's Parasite is the 2020s movie they voted for. There's a 2000... That's a, that's a 2010s movie, too. Is it 2019? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a 
Yeah, 2019. So, it wins, it wins but it's lower. So I wonder if they, some people voted for Parasite, some people voted for Moonlight. You know what I mean? And they kind of, and then there's a classic And everyone else voted thing. for the right movie. Yeah. So bad for that movie. Don't you? It's getting fucking killed. Yeah, because they're fucking idiots. I don't care. But it's also not... It's, I'm sorry, for the next 10 years, Sight and Sound will be... Decl- I mean, it's going to be gone from the list. Oh, like with, <laughs> with authority. <laughs> but... I don't know. I feel like it's one of... I feel like it's a... I think if Celine Siama had her druthers, I think she would not, not pick to have that movie on the list because I think it's going to get fucking killed. Like, culturally, I think it's going to get annihilated. Um, we, we spent four hours. I don't think we need to spend. I mean, we'll talk about it. Well, we're we're going to get there soon. Um, but um, no, no, I just, I just think, I, I think it is, it's such, it, it's, I'm not a big Moonlight guy, but it's so, um, it wears all of its emotions on its sleeve. It's so part of the well. culture. It's and part like, of the culture. I uh, get it. Like he did the same thing with Underground, Underground Railroad. Underground Railroad is a significantly better piece of art though than Moonlight. Yeah, I only watched a bit of it, but like what I've watched of it, like wears like Jenkins is good at wearing and fucking what you call it? Um, Beale I mean, Street. What? Beale, Beale Street. Yeah. yeah, if Beale Street could talk, I would have put that on there more because like I respond. I mean, I wouldn't have put it on. This I like Beale I Street more than Moonlight, and but, I liked uh, Underground Railroad more than both of them. Jenkins is really good at putting everything really earnest emotions on its sleeve yeah. during a time in movies where I don't think earnestness was, was very present. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think for the past 10 years, people talk about very present, very stripped away emotions, very raw emotions in the forefront. You'd get it, you know, the following year with something like the Florida project, which I would not be shocked to see in the two fifty. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be or tangerine. I think one of those two is going to actually be in the two fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think films were raw. They were bigger. And I think this is like the raw movie that's mm-hmm. there. And I, so I wasn't shocked. I was shocked to see it so high. I thought yeah. I, I would have thought it would have been a 250. I did not expect it to be a hundred. Yeah. Um, Sansalil, I think means that Chris, Chris is 59. I think Chris right? Barker is then um, no, responsible like for the greatest DVD in the history of film. Cause that criterion collection release has Sansalil and La Jetty. I haven't seen, I haven't seen it. You gotta see it, Mario. I haven't seen that a lot. There's a lot of movies I haven't seen. Um, uh, then we at 54. We get Sherlock Jr. We get The Apartment. We get Billy a good Billy Wilder representation on this list, yep. which is always happy to me. Bausch and Potemkin. I was a little bummed out to still see it like that far down. It's. I think it's it's rightful place. In a way, it's right in the middle of this list. It can never be forgotten. But the more we move away from it, the more it becomes its lessons become absorbed into film culture. It becomes less necessary. I, I think I, I, I guess my response to it is just like it's such a more important film from a historical standpoint in terms of capturing the voice of the time. But that's not what. The, but that's like, not what that's they're after. They're just after it. for the aesthetics. Would, now. Yeah, and I would have put it there because like it's like hey, this is actually like U.S. history classes. This is like one of the most important films from a U.S. history standpoint. No, they're watching Lincoln, man. They're but it all, is. But they're it, all but like, watching Lincoln. Like it's like of whatever. Then uh, some movie by Godard, um, and Blade Runner, of course, jumping up the list, which which made sense, I guess, because because we talked about that. Like we we're, you were wondering, like, would it become too franchised? Um, and I kind of agreed with you, but I think it just became the cyberpunk thing is 
big now. And Blade Runner is representative of a, of a, a very it specific type of movie. It's that one, yeah. Can we take one second? Moving on to 52, we get Fear Eats the Soul, movie I still haven't seen. Um, and then you gotta Chant- watch that. Chantel Ackerman pops up with News from Home. A That's a film. weird one. Uh, a movie I haven't seen. I haven't seen it either, but I think it's weird. I think people... I, it's just like, did people go like, oh, there needs to be a different Chantel Ackerman I think so. I think they list. did. The alternate Chantel Ackerman. Yeah. The Piano... I did. I feel like we should have anticipated I, a Jane Campion being I, on here. I thought I kind of predicted it. It's an Icelandic Baltic beer, a winter ale. It smells weird. It's really good though. But not like weird in a bad way. Just kind just of like, like different. something new. It's an yeah. Icelandic beer. Earthy. Um, yeah, the piano. I, 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 I just it was out of my eye. Uh, it was two thirty-five. So I didn't expect like a huge implosion. But the thing about but the, we should have seen this coming. I guess the thing about the piano, Jane Campion like was popping up. Absolutely, the culture. It's um, she's had multiple lists to, to get on here. You know what I mean? Like she could have got on in two thousand two. She could have got on in two thousand twelve, and she did. She's a woman. <laughs> that's that's true. And I, I think I still think the piano's a good movie, but not amazing. Hmm. I really like that. It's like a lollipop. Yeah, but like a lollipop porter. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, Angel at My Table would have been my pick. Of, it one? wouldn't have been on my the, um, Jane Campion movie. Which, which movie? Angel at My Table. I didn't see it. Um, it wouldn't have been on my top ten, but it would have been the movie that I assumed that would have gotten on here. The piano seems... So there's a it couple of... easy. It seems... Yes, very it seems easy. very obvious, yeah. which seems weird. I mean, there's... Uh, I, I will not... There, the piano is the one movie I see on this list where I'm like... Okay, this kind of feels like maybe some people put a certain movies on the list because they felt like they needed to. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I I've don't... never seen in the culture people talk about the piano as being definitive. But I also them, think the right? piano also it, correct, and I also think the piano won an appropriate amount of praise and awards at the time of its release that it didn't need like saving or rescuing. Yeah, and this and almost seems like those... people were like compelled to represent Jane Campion on this list. Yeah, when that's, this, that's what when, it was. Which is fine because I think she's an important director. I think this is the wrong movie though. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't also don't think she just needed to be there. She got her Oscar. <laughs> like, no, but I think if you want to put her on there, put her on there. But put the least no, don't, obvious don't, Jane don't Campion movie on there. She doesn't need to be on there though. She's, I don't. I think she's an exceptional director. I don't think I can't see any of the, of the films I've seen from her. This tastes I, almost like a liquor. Really? I think that's what I think that's like that that uh, lollipop flavor is um, like liquor. Yeah, it's got a Jaeger kind of ish flavor. Mm. I really like it. Though. Um, it is it is not something that I could see people definitively saying is one of their ten best movies of all time. I don't either. But and, that's... and it was just that was the this is like one of the movies here. Uh, it's also tied with Foreign Blows, which is obvious. Um, this is like the one film that kind of like struck out to me as being like, okay, this is like the kind of light bulb that I felt like most people would gravitate around. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm so shocked that so many people would gravitate around like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, maybe because it's the more rec- most recent and so high up. But like this felt like the movie I've people, on that too, people yeah. were going to be like, this is the one. Um, I, think, I, think it's, I think the piano and Moonlight jump out at me as ones that are kind of like... Um, yeah, you at get, 48, we get Wanda. Haven't seen it. New release, haven't seen it either. 
I mean, not um, new release, but new entry into the, onto the list. <laughs> a brand new release, 52 years later, <laughs> at Ordet, a uh, movie... Which we talked about. I, I can't remember your opinion. I love Ordet. I, can't I, remember I mean, I get it. I, I, it's... it's, um, it's and I don't remember if I... Did I say I loved Ordet when I saw it? I pretty, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I... Dryer so freaking... Oh. And he's that's why like, this is this is what's this and this definitively like all the people bitching about sign sound. I hesitate like the there's some people like Armand White bitching about sign sound who are bitching from a perspective where they've seen these movies and have an agenda that they well state and can back up with evidence. But a lot of people, world of real people who haven't seen these movies, mm-hmm. and I would invite you onto this podcast so I can beat you up. Um, Get it together. <laughs> but, like, I wouldn't have seen Ordet if not for Sight and Sound. We also would probably wouldn't have seen Ordet. We wouldn't have spent if the time to COVID. watch it if not for COVID. Yeah, so thank you, COVID. Yeah. Um, North by Northwest, I believe, moves up yep. on the list. I was very excited about that. Uh, the Battle of Algiers, Barry Lyndon at 45. The, all those make sense not much. Not much to say. No difference. Yeah. Uh, Killer Sheep. It's a big the, deal. The, the call. The but, thing you called, but it also um, is. We also get Stalker as well here, uh, which drops as we said. It drops a lot. Yeah, spots. Um, Killer of Sheep is a big deal. Haven't um, seen Killer of Sheep. Um, it's an excellent movie. Um, it deserved to be on and, the last list. And I so think Killer of Sheep directly, moves from two. How, how did you like what Criterion? So criteria. So like, but what in particular made you think that that was going to be a movie that was going to be very present here? Because it's a classic black director. Um, it is what's the wi- film about? It's well regarded in. Um, is it a documentary? No, it's a it's a narrative film. Okay, but it's if it's well regarded in, like the substrata of film criticism. So especially, but I mean, you're getting this stuff s- because it's a Criterion collection. It's a classic like Criterion film. Um, it's one of those movies that like has a wider audience base because of. Criteria. It's like exactly what happened to Wong Kar Wai. It's exactly what happened to Come and See. As soon as these got like wide Criterion releases, also, they also pushed mo- them. Movie, movies, I think, also been big yep. for this. I think a lot of movie films um, show up on this list because of this. It made it made a lot of... It was surprising to me that it wasn't... When I looked at the 2012 list, I just assumed it would be on it, and it wasn't, and I was like, that's very strange. So, but it's on it now. It's right below Bicycle Thieves... And Rashomon, Bicycle Thieves moves, drops, I believe. Uh, this is paper, folks. Yes. There's two of us. One's a computer guy, one's a paper guy. Bicycle Thieves. Yeah, I, I thought Bicycle Thieves had Barry dropped. Linden I thought it was in the... Barry Lyndon moved up, Battles of Algiers moved up. Bicycle Thieves dropped. Yeah, it yeah. was 33. Originally. Oh, it was 33. So it didn't drop much. It mostly stayed the same. Bicycle Thieves would have definitely been in my 10. Yeah. For sure. Uh, at 38, where you get um, Rear Window, Some Like It Hot, Billy Wilder again, and then some other movie. Um, We're skipping over all the Godard movies. We are indeed. At 36, we get M and City Lights. This is, this is where we start kind of like leveling out in some of these movies. Well, we're starting getting, we're, and especially like at 35, like Pether Panchali is on every is, list. Yeah, I have never seen it. So that's, that's, I haven't seen it either, but it's when you look at greatest movies of whatever list, it's always on there. I think because it's an Indian director, so it's representative of something. 
Um, but I'm sure it's very good because I think it went up. Yeah. Uh, um, 34, the one movie I still don't get people's love of. La Lante. Yeah, yeah, I don't really get it either. Um, uh, at 31, we get the tie with Psycho, Mirror at eight and a half. Eight it. and a half. I love these groupings. Eight I, and a half drops precipitously, right? Eight and a half also sucks, but... Yeah, eight and a half is garbage. Fellini's not... You not and good. me are not Fellini people, so... We're the wrong person to ask. All right, we made it! Playing an organ music. Impending doom. Mario, what the hell happened here? I almost cried. I For so, me? I just felt so happy for you and just like happy that well, was so 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 the, the two uh, quote the text exchange uh as I as I can find it. Um let's go here. <laughs> let's see if I can find it. When uh, I sent you that emoji was when I saw this. Oh, did you I thought I thought you sent it to me because of Chantel Ackerman. No, I mean, that just made, that's, I would have, Chantel Ackerman, John Dillman would have been on my list. So I was not surprised to see it at number one. I get that impulse. My mind is blown, Mario. So, so this, so this is the, the text exchange between me and Tom. See, uh, MoMA is doing a Del Toro a Pinocchio exhibit. We'll have sets and all. No, but that sounds awesome. And then at, uh, an hour and a half later, I say, I'm going to be in a meeting was very unfortunate in the LTSS meeting when the list is announced. So no spoilers. Dang it. I will not spoil, says Tom. Mind explodes at 2.09. <laughs> and then I say, holy fuck, in all caps, because I've seen that Chantal Anchorman, G.N. Delman is number is one. Is that what it was for? Yes. I said, I told you. Though I was right, they would pick one woman's film. Guess they split between Dielman and BL and Bo Travai. I say at 246, having a look at the top of the list. One minute later, Portrait of a Lady of Fire, exclamation point, all caps, at 30, exclamation point, all caps, fuck yes, fuck yes, all caps. This movie's fucking, yeah, I mean... It's a, it's a great movie. I don't understand how it happened. I understand it. I mean, I think, I think Mario, the people, look. I, so reading some of the film, like the film criticism circles are just like the, of the, like some people are saying like four movies from the past 10 years seems like too much. And they keep saying like in descending order, these movies don't make sense. And they all put Portia of Lady of Fire as the movie they feel is the most deserving to be there and if you look at the this list up until 30 mario um i mean it's all pretty classic we've I mean, it's a pretty it's it. a pretty emotional response i had because like a lot of my life has changed a lot because of this movie but i'm going to be honest um, with you you are not the person that voted for this movie probably not, no, no. i mean obviously i didn't have a vote no no, no i don't even mean you i just mean a This, in the top 30 movies here, this is the single queer movie on this list. And in that space, I think it is perfect and beautiful, and I love it. And that's why I feel bad for it, because I think it's a magisterial... Uh, like, 
addition to this list that is going to get fucking annihilated in the culture because it is new, it is queer, it is excellently made, it is asking for things that I don't know if narratively work, but I think we which you talked about, like the idea of like consent, like constant consent with the masks and stuff like that. And, you know, we talked about that when we reviewed it twice. Yeah, especially like in the COVID <laughs> aspect. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, I, I think it's 30 too high. And just so you know, I'm doing like super air quotes here. I guess, you know what I mean? Would it have felt, would everybody feel better about it if it was like tied for 95 with Get Out? Probably. I think this is, this is what is important about this. I think this movie is perfectly representative, of not John Dillman, not Beau Travai, not Cleo from 5 to 7. It is not even Measures of the Afternoon, because Measures of the Afternoon has probably been left off for too long because it's so old and so groundbreaking. Never seen it. But Portrait of a Lady on Fire speaks to a generation of people that finally have a voice in the culture, Right? And they're like, I, I, this, I, I, guess I can't I stop. Know. That's I why I'm asking you, right? Uh, the one. Because I don't read, I don't read film anything. I mean, the one queer woman I know who saw, well, bisexual woman who saw it did not like it. So I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing, I don't know. All right. Uh, I'm throwing a lot on top of them. I'm guessing that's why. And I'm guessing that the, the anti-woke, ultra-conservative, people that are writing blogs about this shit can go fuck themselves. And the, I will because say this, I think this is important. I've been railing on about this movie for three, three years now. Um, and a lot of people have not seen it. And now they're like, Oh, I finally will start. I'm, I'm actually now going to see that. And like the two people who have seen it since it showed up in this list, have been like, Oh, kind of get it. <laughs> it's not without its flaws, but it's, its uh, rewards are are significant. I've seen it over 30 times, so. I slowed down. I saw it 20 times, over 20 times in the first year. So I've only seen it 10 times in the past two years. Oh, cool. What <laughs> slowed you down? I, you know, <laughs> the 20 times I watched it in the first year. Have you ever gotten over the ghosts? Like, Let's go away from the list and go back into, into film criticism, specifically a portrait of Lady on Fire. Have you ever made, it's a, it's been able to make more sense of like... No, not, not particularly. I just, okay. It's an artistic choice, and it still, still works for me. I don't know. Everything about that movie works for me. But it's such an emotional response I have. I, like, has, the, and has, it has <clears> like the... Because it was a turning point in my life. Yeah. And especially like after we released our number one thing Mm because that was the a big reason why Mm -hmm. something happened because she's a person said i should end a friendship um uh um did i tell you about that i don't think you did that's fine we'll talk about after like yeah uh but because it's because it, it continues to be such it is a cornerstone of everything like i had to stop myself from not getting i was emotional didn't cry but i was just like it felt like I actually did did cry. Validation. 
It felt like a validation. Fuck yeah. For mm-hmm. me, I mean, like, it's, it's, I assume, very important also for a lot of people, but super important for me. And a movie that, like, this is the thing, like, right? Um, I feel as every single one of these movies has to be important to somebody, and that's, that, that makes it important. On a, yeah. That makes yeah, yeah. it, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure something like Portrait of a Lady on Fire is here, not because people think it's one of the 10 best movies of all time, but because it's pivotal. But like, this is this is like the definitive pivotal movie, but right? But Mario, here's what and I... And Moonlight. And this and Moonlight are like the two, because they're so high up, um, and are like kind of movies that yeah, kind yeah. of aren't... They didn't like <clears throat> resonate... Like Moonlight was was big, but it didn't like pop throughout the like Get Out and Parasite popped the culture yeah. in the past ten years. Moonlight has its like La La Land thing. We forget and, like, that Moonlight was a surprise Best Picture winner. Yeah, like people like people thought maybe, but like those movies, yeah, those movies feel <clears throat> pivotal. Here's don't they? I, I would, yeah, well, I would argue that what you're voting for, the people that voted for Portrait of a Lady in Fire, are not necessarily vote best. The ten best movies ever means something totally different to those people. And it's a little bit closer to what you and me feel like about our 10 best movies ever. So my 10 best movies ever would include a bunch of movies that are on this list, but how I feel about them is less to do with like film history or aesthetics and more to do with the personal narrative that was established inside of myself. Yeah. Watching what I perceived to be groundbreaking foundational texts. Like, like I don't, I, I can't even respond to how good of a film Portrait of Lady on Fire is because it's shapes me. Right. And I, to the same extent, like, like it is a part of me. I want to move up to like, like 24 yeah. here, like oh. Shoah, Night of the Hunter, Ahazad Balthazar. Great. Do the right thing. Showing up for the first time at 24 is both disgusting that it's only now been on the list and that it's all the way down at 24, but also I am not, I am not black. I have not lived this experience, but I have internalized like the message of do the right thing to the point where now it like, I think when I talked about like how I feel politically about stuff and how like the political conversations that you and me have had where, um, you have more of a, uh, realistic, vaguely nihilist view of like politics. And I'm always just kind of like, we're going to get them this time. This time it's going to be great. Um, I'm kind of in that mindset. You just, are too, just, but I you're just, also just like, you know what? Fuck these people. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, you were all, at the very beginning of Kristen Cinema. You were like, fuck Kristen Cinema," And I was like, it's a Democrat. But it's if you great. remember right, when we first when we became friends, like I was all aboard Kristen Cinema because I bought into her lie. Much like I bought into the uh, lie from, uh, what's her face, from the Green Party. Anyhow, no, I, I, no, I understand it because like mm-hmm. I... Remember watching Do the Right Thing, going like, "This is a really well-made film, but I don't get it." But like, it does a lot of like, its voice kind of shapes what you who you are. Do the Right Thing is probably the most important movie I've ever seen in my whole life, and I'm not saying that because I'm some kind of like woke dick. I just don't think from a human, don't, don't no, but it. I don't just, it. but especially, but it's be, it's how this list is being portrayed on the other side of who like where it is. But I'm just trying. I think we're so late on this now that I feel like we're not just responding to the list, we're responding to how people are responding to the list. That's how I feel about it anyway. And this and this, also I, I this wouldn't have happened if we did this two weeks ago. Yeah. Family. Yeah. Kids take getting your fucking sick. vitamins. Be like me and be alone. <laughs> um, Sit staring out at your roof going like, I'm so high that the roof is moving. 
But it's so the roof might have actually been moving. Oh yeah, maybe it's high. We have a revolving day. roof. No, the winds were high because it's so far up. No, no, but but uh, watching do the right thing. I, I get it because like I the 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 societal kind of this is the tone the societal tone by which that film follows mm-hmm. is so, and I saw do the right thing because like I saw it once. I think I actually saw it once a while ago. Maybe I like when I talk about the list, I, I thought I hadn't seen it. Um, but we're watching it kind of like some of it kind of sparked a memory in me. Like it's tone strikes so much to who you are as a mm-hmm. person that like who you are is like what you see the world has. Like it's kind of like, Understanding shit is burning, but still like this hopefulness. There's a there there is a there's a right and a wrong, and you might not often you might not always know what the right and the wrong is until long after it's happened, but you have to make a choice. And um again, I've never been put in a situation like Mookie was put in in do the right thing. But I uh, so again, I I can't really this is I don't think we have to justify doing this podcast, but I justify it in my mind. Imagine after five years, well, I just I justify it in my mind, knowing that like when I was reading this list, Almost I was like, feeling like twenty eighteen, yeah, twenty eighteen, genuine, genuine emotions, like big, huge, like world, like I don't know, like present tense defining emotions about like looking at this list. So like, there's things moving up. Playtime, 23. Tied for 21. Late spring. Well, we're, we're quickly, just because we jumped over one thing, uh, Daisies is a movie I've never seen, and that's new on the list from 202. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Daisies is one of those ones that I've makes a lot of... I've never even heard, heard You've never it. even heard of it? So that's one of those ones that I was surprised was never on the list before because it seems like one of those foundational movies directed by a woman who like would be on these lists, but it was never on this list because of what this list is. You know what I mean? It's just a closed off, hermetically sealed. We're not gonna allow, we're gonna allow one. Claire Denis. Oh God! You get to be. I just realized I'm the populist of the uh, of this podcast. Do like you you're, the intellectual, say, you're the intellectual, and I'm the I'm the Bernie Sanders. Say, yes, that's fine. It's fine. I have a good heart. Um, Daisy's Shoa, Night of the Hunter, Eyes of Other, Do the Right Thing, Playtime, Jacques Tati. You know, it was on this list. Never seen it. Late spring. Late spring. Great. The Passion of Joan yeah. of Arc. Uh, that dropped, right? It did a little bit, yeah. yeah Not only Jarrett's, a little bit. Passion Jarrett's so fucking Dryer's so fucking good, man. But the thing, Dryer's foundational. He's got to be yeah. here. And then, Seven, I, and then, no, no, I, I will say this really quickly. I appreciate the fact that, like, Dryer's so foundational. And every it, that he, like, some of those foundational movies yes. that we talked about dropping off and were sad to see drop off did. Um, but Dryer's... So locked in. He's so. Do you know what that both, means? He's so both modern and foundational that, like, he. But do you know what that means? Oh. That means that people that voted for Portrait of the Lady on Fire also voted for for Passion of Joan of Arc. Yeah. Like they I had said. to have. It's, it, they had to have. Is that because, like, Falconetti is an icon, or is it just because they people that watch Portrait of the Lady on Fire recognize that they recognize what good cinema is? They're not putting Portrait of the Lady on Fire and then, like, nine pieces of shit. You know what I mean? They're just not doing it. <laughs> no, I... I you know what I mean? I, I'm making a joke, but I still respect that, that he... 
I'm not shitting on that. Kung I Fu think, Panda is really good. No, but I, I'm not, I, I'm not making fun of it. I think that's, I think that top ten list. I, I, I feel as though I'm making fun of it, but like it's, like Mario. I respect the fact that he was just he fool went in like just just because that's how I would not have had the courage to do no. it. I wouldn't have the courage to be like these are the ten movies that like shaped my vision of film, and I can be like made fun of. You know that Jack Black was like pouring over this and being like, what? On the list? Could you imagine if Kung Fu Panda made like enough people voted for it that's like two thirty? I'd be happy. I'd be like, you know what? What Jack Fine. Black movie makes it on the list first? Do you think? Orange County. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a Hanks associated with it. Passion of the um, Seven Samurai would have been on my my top ten list. Apocalypse, Apocalypse now, now does would have been on my top ten. That drops five spots. Two spots. Oh, I thought it was fourteen. Yeah. Before, okay. Or was it fourteen before? I thought it was seventeen. No, you're right. It's five spots. Okay. Sorry. I remembered that. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Persona right. would have been on my list. Close Up. That's an interesting one. I don't think I've... I've I have never, not seen I've this Kiyostromi list. I had a Kiyostromi list on my top 20 of the decade, but not that one. Meshes of the Afternoon. There it is. Have not I've seen, seen it either. It, yeah. Yep. Well, that is the list. And that is, uh, that's, that is a woman co-directing, right? Yep. Okay. Um, the what Searchers. Is, the Searchers. <laughs> hey, like I said... It's going to drop off the top 10, never to pop back in again. 10 years from now, that movie's going to be further down. It's going to be like in the 60s. 10 years from now, yeah, I was going to say, the 60s and 70s might be good. People are going to die. 10 years after that, it's gone. 42. We, we got to make it. We'll... 56? I can make 56. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. I don't know what podcasting will be then. Cleo from five to seven. We kind of already talked about it. The rules of the game. I am okay. I will. I will say this. I'm sad about this one. Why? Rules of the rules of the game is still so modern. Mm-hmm. Like I watched rules of the. We didn't do rules of the game uh, in 2020. We did not um, because I had already seen it. I feel it. like we were Ren, trying to do something. I feel like Red Noir is kind of a director who's been yes. I agree with you. To time, yes, 100%. but like rules of the game, like Exterminating Angel, like a lot of the Bunuel films. Has still like a modernity to him, well, and I think I I I I wonder if it's I mean, obviously a shit ton of people have seen rules of the game, but like because it's not so brought up into the yeah I'll break because it. it's not so because um, he's not so talked about anymore yeah like I wonder if people just don't like I hadn't seen a Renoir film until rules of the game yeah and like rules of the game. Is so much fun. Well, the only reason I've ingested as much Renoir as I have is because of when I got into Criterion, the Criterion he's, collection. He's really fucking He's good. excellent, and that's the thing. But I just don't know if people watch him because he's not, like, considered. But you know why, I think? is because I think they watch, and you'll love this, I think they watch Altman. And so they don't watch Renoir. They don't watch Rules of the Game because they just watch the things that are derivative of Rules of the Game. But, like, <sighs> Altman's... So I don't think Altman's a bad. I, I, I shit on Altman a lot, but because I think Altman's too verbose. He's he he is kind of a third draft of an idea. Yeah, I just don't think his films are structured enough for me. They don't. Yeah, mean no, that's anything. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There, there's not a a definitive editing. There's not a control. The things feel as though it's kind of like what's what's the term you use? Like brain brain farts. Like oh, just kind of like. I assume shit. that there's a like lot shit. of control. No, you do, but like but it's, it's kind of just like it you just throw a lot of stuff like yeah. at the wall. And Renoir has has that sort of like fun with it, but there's a control 
There is a concise, yeah. and especially in terms of his uh, dialogue and the scripting of the dialogue, everything feels as though it's masterfully worked to frame. He feels, he has like a Agatha Christie-ish. I mean, it's not, he's not doing Christie stuff, but narratively and, and um, from a, a dialogue standpoint, like there's a, there's an intentionality with everything. Whereas yes. with Altman, it kind of meanders well, around. So right? I would argue that the rules of the game specifically, every word means something, is representative mm. of, of the theme, um, is carrying some aspect, some uh, literal saying, aspect uh, of the visual I, I, I aesthetic. Am, really quickly, I'm saying like, I'm sad that it's 13th, that's called the 13th best movie of all time. Well, because for a long Which time is, it was considered, it was considered, I think anything that's, Hmm. I think the top five, top three, four, whatever, whatever you want to say it, are generally considered to be, any one of them at any time could be considered the greatest movie of all time. And if, like, cause, so when I started paying attention to this stuff, the rules of the game wasn't number one. I don't think you could argue the top three or four. They're still in the Oh, no, I'm not saying me per- oh. personally. I'm saying, like, in terms yeah. of, like, the canon. So when I started paying attention to this stuff, when the rules of the game DVD came out on Criterion, with its beautiful, clear blue um, gatefold. It came in a jacket, and it, it was like plastic, and it came out, and it was like a double disc. It was considered the greatest film of all time, even if it wasn't on the Sight and Sounds. Num- it was, wasn't number one at the time yeah. on Sight and Sounds, but it was considered the greatest film of all time. And it's a, it's, I don't it's think it's like- lost its, its luster per se. I just think it's it's... If you look at everything that comes after it, so sunrise. I, mean, I just wonder. I just wonder. I, I just want well, to talk about. This. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to stay on world to the game for because I think we're good on time. So like we're. No, no. I wasn't even trying to move up. I'm oh, just okay. saying like um, sunrise think, is considered is considered is almost considered outside of time where rules oh, of the game sure. still feels alive, which I think makes it eligible to kick down. But a little rules bit. of the game is it's almost become more important. But do any, now, does anybody know? We know why now. Why? Because like rules of the game is is in the wake of a pre, the rise of Hitler, right? Like mm. a lot of it is that looming specter of Hitler rising to global power, mm-hmm. and like these aristocrats kind of like not giving a shit about that. Isn't it so weird? You can't you have rules of the game, but no one will. I love it. I love the idea of like the aristocrats just being like, "What? What's happening?" The menu will be on the two twenty thirty. So I, I mean, I, mean, I think Boonwell rises. Uh, fuck, who knows? Who knows? Knows that there's going to be a list in twenty thirty two. Queen's but I think, Gambit will so, be on twenty thirty. I'm sorry. Continue. There's a, something with Boonwell that is like not necessarily raw, but um, it is. Uh, what's the word? Profane. Mm. Right. But do you think that the list resists the profane? No, I don't think it, it resists a profane, but. There's an off-putting aspect to Boonwell in terms of how directly he faces mm. his topics, like Belle de Jour, um, and you know, in terms of, of sex work, and then exterminating angels in terms of the the aristocracy, the aristocracy. Um, well, there's it a, is it is yeah. very confrontational mm, rules yes. of the game has this still kind of theatricality to it right yeah uh um 
that makes it approachable. That uh, Boonwell's uncomfortable. Rules of the game is elegant. Well, rules of the game has like a. I don't. Elegant is definitely the right word. It has a like a a, a, a the. You said theatrical. It does function like a play a little bit, like a bed, like a farce almost, like that you would watch on a stage. Yeah, I kind of remember. I think. I think it's. It's blocking is is a is a lot of free sure. balls. I think and that's mostly free and that's balls, one right? of the thing that I remember about that film is it, which is sounds I'm gonna people are gonna think the one person that listens to this thing is like this guy's a pretentious piece of shit. The blocking is no, one of the things multiple, I take multiple a, multiple people listen to this. Podcast, uh, so multiple shot, people are gonna think I'm a pretentious piece of shit. The blocking in that film is one of the things I remember most about it. Way, no, I do the too. way people are well, staged. I, the I, way I obviously like, do too because yeah. I just mentioned it. So like it is. I can see scenes in my mind well, now, was, and not necessarily well, what they're also, saying, but like a, what he they're was theater too, right? I'm sure they all were. Yeah, yeah, they all came from that. Um, so I get it. I I get it. But it's also I think because it feels alive still, it, it's eligible to be kicked around. Where something like The Godfather at twelve is not. Where Sunrise is not. These are foundational texts that feel stayed and but I could, rooted in wherever they are. Depending, I could see depending on the culture of the time, something like rules of the game moving up or moving down, but also like just stating in its spot. Like I think Godfather and Sunrise are now kind of rooted where they are. I think so too. Twelve and eleven or whatever. Do you think that culture has passed? godfather by a little bit even though they seem like they've they've hit it hard in the last couple of years because I, I, of anniversaries I, I mean i think it just stays there but i do think like people just well, i don't even like, mean the list do you think it's i think the i just i recently just watched godfather some, is 12 by the way yeah I just, sunrise is 11 i watched some of the godfather and i was like this is movie is old and feels uh, very old and yeah, if nothing, it didn't have if it didn't have contemporary actors in it or i'll say contemporary in air quotes because james Caan is dead and you know, Al Pacino is incredibly old, and Robert Duvall is incredibly old, and Francis Ford Coppola is incredibly old. Um, Mario and Marlon Brando, Brando, Marlon Brando put himself in a robot body. Um, but they're still contemporary. But uh, it feels incredibly old to me. Uh, yeah, I don't like The Godfather. We me talk, neither. I just, I think it's because a slog. we're we're bad film. No, watchers. it's just a slog. It's. Um, I don't care about the mob. I don't find that compelling. I mean, I like I like mob movies, but I just feel as though I think the thing with The Godfather is it pushed limitations of its time, right? Like it's three years removed from Bonnie and Clyde, or four years removed from Bonnie and Clyde. Like Bonnie and Clyde's sixty-eight or sixty-nine. Sixty-nine, yeah. So and three years. So yeah. three, four years. It's a very visceral, very violent, very yeah. realist feeling film but it opens the doors to a lot of things but the, but it's just but here's why i like goodfellas more this is why for me and so let's compare if we do compare directly goodfellas and the godfather i like goodfellas because it's not about the mob it's about a guy who perceives what the mob is and then spends the whole movie attempting with the fates attempting to show him that what he thinks the mob is is not what the mob is. And then at the end of the movie, he still doesn't really get it. I mean, Where in The Godfather is just like, the mob is, you know, 
is this, this omnipresent yeah, sort of this, but like also very sophisticated and is like the upper echelon of society. Yeah, where in the Godfather, where in Goodfellas, it clearly isn't, but Henry Hill thinks it is. So it's about the human experience of thinking one thing where the reality is another. Where the Godfather, what people think is the reality, and that seems I, stupid to me. We should have mentioned this when we talked about Goodfellas earlier. I've I've come to a you mean like three years ago? No, where I talked well. <laughs> or no, because like I, I mean, I've come around to thinking like I have a problem with good with Goodfellas because it's a very East Coast thing. I wasn't used to that people hold up Goodfellas as like this like hero's tale, which mm. is gross to me. Like there's literally that's gross to me too. In New Haven, a restaurant called Goodfellas, sure, where they play Goodfellas on repeat. This is says the guy that came from Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. But this is this is really important to what I'm going to say next is the movie that I think could have been in like my top 200 in mm-hmm. terms of pivotal films list is the Scorsese movie. That is, I think, the the sister story oh, sure. to Goodfellas, yeah. which is... Casino. Casino. I'm assuming... Because that- Casino is, is like really important to me. But Casino is like this, you know, De Niro's... I can't remember that character. But um, yeah, I know. Lucky... Lucky or something like that. Um, it's just De Niro. But who's trying to navigate the messy world of the mob while staying outside of it, right? I, well, and I, so, like, they're, they're sister stories to one another. Of course. Like, this one guy who imagines what the mob is and, like, glorizes it in, in Goodfellas versus, like, the story of a guy who's trying to make money while staying out kind of in the periphery of the mob. And I respond significantly to the casino. I, would I feel be, as though, like, right. it's but the same I thing. also wouldn't be surprised if Casino was in the 120s when they released the 250 no, list. No, 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 no. Casino's been, I think, maligned. I don't think it, I think it, I think, think, it, I, think, think in so? the, I think in the popular culture it has, I don't think it has in the film culture. I think it's only risen. I love Casino. Culture. But, um, but no, that, that's the thing, though, because I think, I think both of those films and then something like Departed later on, mm-hmm. like Scorsese can nail the mob movie. Godfather is like this weird kind of gross. It valorizes them. It's not, even yes. a tra- it's not even a tragedy. It's not though. a tragedy because who gives a fucking shit if any of them die? But no, it's not. It's no, it's not even a tragedy because like he's still he, like he feels alone in the end. But he's who still, cares? Yeah. Fuck that guy, it's man. It's all just gross. Yeah. Like God, Godfather is just gross. Speaking of gross, Mario. Singing in the, the rain. rain. It's fun. <laughs> I like singing in the rain, but like it's doesn't belong. I don't to be get here. it. I don't well, but I think it the only reason I think it does is because I've listened to a lot of podcasts where they're like, oh thank God singing in the rain is back in the top ten. And I'm just like, why? I don't get it. Do you I I mean I uh, I, I don't it has, get it at it all. Has, it has incredible blocking. Um it just it's just classic. But why is That's it, it's it. a wonderful life? Why is it's a wonderful life not on here? There's no, no movies Capra. from uh, Capra. No, there is yeah. not. But like, why Singing in the Rain and not It's a Wonderful Life? Because I, I don't know, and I don't know if they're even comparable. I just think that they both exist in this this '50s world. This what we perceive now is like this nostalgic '50s sentiment of like what America is and should be. And I like other movies from that era much more than like Singing in the Rain. Yeah. I... Singing in the Rain is North by Northwest, I think. Mm. In terms of, and what I talked about North by Northwest is like that warm blanket, hot chocolate, shitty yeah. foodie, yeah, yeah. 
And I think that's what Singing Marine is, right? Probably. It's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory on Christmas morning. I think it's just this warm, comfortable movie people can watch. Mm. I think an American in Paris is better. Probably a better example of that, but let's um, people have seen it. Skip a man with the movie camera because I have not seen it. Uh, neither have I. Let's do. Give me two minutes on Mulholland Drive. At eight. Exactly two minutes. What's it doing here? We predicted. We kind of predicted this, right? Yeah. That we was going to move up. Yeah. Debris. Where was it originally last time? Mario, your 10% beer is like getting me high. (laughs) Uh, 28. 28, yeah. This is uh, odd. From listening to a couple of podcasts before this came out, uh, specifically around the release of Criterion's Lost Highway release, I get the impression that, or they've people have said like Adam Naiman and a couple of other film reviewers, but I like Adam Naiman the best, so I'm going to him. That the film culture has kind of calcified around Mulholland Drive being a classic in the same vein as everything else. So it's the single. It's like everyone thought it was the one modern movie that was going to be on this list, and that was going to be in the top ten. It was going to be representative of everything else. From 2001 afterwards. Uh, clearly that didn't happen. But it's still very, very high. I don't There's get it. Although I two don't... Two contemporaneous movies beat it on the list. But. Although I don't necessarily think it's a the wrong... I mean, I think it's too high. But I get why it's... I get it, I guess. I don't. I, it's hard for me to say. I'm not a, I'm not I, a Lynch I guy. Don't, I, yeah, I'm not a Lynch guy either. And this is... This is the Reddit movie for me in the sense of like it feels like just it's 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 fine, but it's not Lynch is good, but he's not like what is it doing here this high up? I don't know. I don't I don't feel I don't I don't feel I don't feel angry about it or whatever. But I also don't but feel I look at it as like okay, whatever. I don't feel like ne- able to talk I, about it either. The way the way I, yeah the way I look at it is like obviously I assume the demographic of people that were asked to review this from critics probably are forty to sixty. Sure. And so this is the movie they this would this is on a this, is, this, this would just be the movie that, like, you know, looking at our pivotal film list, there's a lot of pres- uh, representation from 2004 mm-hmm. to 2015. It makes sense. Um, this is not one of the 10 best films ever made, obviously. I guess. But it is important to a lot of people. So is Bo Travai one of the 10 best films ever made? Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been on my ten best list. It would have been on my ten best list, but I'm I'm very happy to see it. Me here. too. I have a lot of affection for Botrevai, not it's just because so, of the experience of seeing it, but I think it's the reason why I'm so happy to see it here is it's so unique, especially at ninety eight. Um, it's so confrontational in its depiction of masculinity. Mm-hmm. It has like one of the greatest endings to a film. Of all time, it's a film, a perfect film about masculinity made by a woman director. Yeah, who seems to understand what this. I'm surprised you said a woman director instead of the woman director. 
I mean, Claire Denis could have had like four movies on this list, and I wouldn't have like had a problem with any of them. Yeah. Why well, say the woman director? Yeah. No. No. I, I'm. What four movies? I, I mean, I, I can go as modern as you want. I mean, Boat Revive for sure. I think um, White Material for yeah. sure. I think you can ha- make a case for like. Chocolat could be somewhere very low on the list if you, you wanted to. You can't make a case for High Life, though. Yeah, I would not make the case for High Life, but Trouble Every Day, like, weirdly could, like, sneak on there, but I even mean, though it's a bad th- movie. Yeah, I would say three. The Intruder, which is, like, very... So that was on Adam Naiman's list, but is, is you know, um, that is... It's kind of like 35 Shots of Rum, but, like, less well-known, but it's from that same era. Yeah, 35 Shots of Rum, I could see it being, like, in the 250s, but... Um, I mean, I'm not saying that like it could look. I would love realistically. White, I, would, be, I think white materials in the top 200. I don't think it could realistically would realistically you think so, show white up. materials in the top 200. Sure, yeah. I don't think realistically it goes on the top 100. But I'm saying if it if she did have four the films, Motrovi was originally in the 70s, 73, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it makes sense because it is um, 78, tied with Once Upon a Time in the West. It is. And Chinatown. Recently in the culture is the film where a a woman is making a film about men mm-hmm. and does so in a way that captures men in a way that I don't think a lot of male directors w- would have done. Admitting insecurity? Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, not, not would have done. Now they would have. In maybe. 1998, they no. I think I absolutely. I think now, but maybe they not. Been, they would have been. So like, so the the comparison I would draw is it's interesting because they're two. They're one year away from each other. So Bo is in 1998, and then Fight Club is in 1999. It's like the same type of thing, where it's just like, uh, you well, know. David Fincher is the worst director than Claire Denis. Mic drop. Absolutely, of course he is. But like the he'd idea, also probably, but how, he'd also probably like he'd also probably like sit there for a second and be like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sense, he, I don't think he would wait a second. He would just admit <laughs> it. Um, because I think she spent probably like 20 days shooting Botrevi and he spent like 150 days shooting Fight Club. But I'm saying it's the idea of, if you take it on a base level, the idea of men smashing into each other. She smashes men into each other and then asks two men specifically to confront what it means to be doing something masculine. And David Fincher says, I'm going to throw men into each other, and then I'm not going to have them confront what it means, what their masculinity means to themselves. I'm going to ask them to literally fight the idea of masculinity in the, in the larger culture. No, no, so no, don't no, even no, worry no, about no, what it means no, to no, yourself. Not necessarily. What does it mean to, no, like, I, how I would, is the culture would, perceive your masculinity? I would, push, I would push against that because I do think there's a lot of vulnerability from Fincher in terms of something like the game. Oh, I'm just talking about Fight Club. I'm talking about because oh. Fight Club and Botrevi are direct comparisons. They're literally about men beating each other up. Okay. I almost look at. I, okay. Fair. It is. I mean, it, yeah. it, but in, in Botrevi, it's more psychological, and in Fight Club, it's more well, physical until it stops becoming about. Well, that's why that's a man, why, that's, that's a why man look- confronting anything in himself and a man confronting what the what society perceives of him. Well, that's why I look at Botrevi and and if you're going to talk about Fincher, that's why I look at Botrevi and the game more because like there's 
more of like a psychological fight of like what it means to be a man and what it means but for masculinity. The game, but the game also has a class component to it where like none of that matters yeah, if no, you're not fair. super rich no, and like fair. are that's able fair. to like do nothing but confront your masculinity. And I've always thought like that was like meant to strip away like all the exterior. But yeah, yeah. sure. That's fine. Um, but I, but it's interesting. Regardless, I, I think... I love Boat how Tribe, we just tra- transitioned from where we were to David Fincher. <laughs> but I know I... I, I love the fact that it's here because I think it's it's it's, it's one of those movies like Claire Didi was was so aggressive enough in 1998 like where women directors weren't really still allowed to like do this to in the mainstream and Beautrevise yes. at least approached I, I don't know it's where approached I don't know where approached like how like how mainstream it was in 98. But I do know, like, by 2012, at least from this list, that was at least uh, amored the, the consciousness. It still to have a woman director just confront men in this way. But it also and has... And do so in a way that, like... But to do so in a way that feels as though a woman director understands men and their condition better than a male director could have. Yeah, and that's not why it's here necessarily but i think it's why that movie i think i think it, I, it, think it, I, think it I think it is it's why it's so amazing i think i think it's i almost was shocked that bojervai wasn't higher than jean delman really yeah because i thought i thought boat i mean i, I think jean delman fits more into a, a classicist form than bojervai although both movies have scenes in it that like, i can't get out of my head and neither of them involve I'm gonna. Dancing. I almost want to redo an episode on Jen Delman, but I want to watch Jen Delman with a person, like just a another person, while watching it and talking about it while watching it. Is that weird to say? It'd be funny if that person you picked a person you got all set up, and like within ten minutes, like, oh, what is happening? Why is she just making the bed? Why does it take so long to cut potatoes? Uh, we get into number six. Everyone thought this was gonna be their number one. Thank God it wasn't for me. Yeah. I know I, you like this, but... Yeah, I mean, 2000... I think all of these movies... I think in the mood yeah, for Love... Yeah, we get to, like, the top. It's just... I think in the mood for Love is, like, I think a curious choice, although I... Number six was 2001. I think it was 2001 Space, Space Odyssey. Um, classic. It's never moving. Um, no, it's, it's always going to be gonna there. It's going to be fixed. I wouldn't be surprised if in 2032 it's number one. It becomes, like, the universal kind of, like, hey, how about this? I mean, I feel as though this was a statement decade. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if next time... People don't say 2001 now. Is. And I think In the Mood for Love, a little bit like Mulholland Drive, but maybe a little more is... I think. But In the Mood for Love is definitively like the COVID movie, right? I don't, I don't think so. Wong Kar Wai has been coming up for a long time. I think it's a criterion effect. They just... But it just but felt like, it felt no, like, it felt like 2020 was the year that but like 20, everyone... But 2020, I think... 2020 was when everyone started kind of talking about it because they released the, the Criterion DVDs. Right. But they also were doing massive, after after COVID broke, they were doing massive Wong Kar Wai retrospectives like everywhere. Um, I think it's one of those, he's one of those directors where people have been kind of my hot, looking my, at. My really quick hot take, 2048 is in the 250. Just don't know why. Oh yeah? Yeah, I think Maybe. so. Maybe. I think there's probably a bunch of Wong Kar Wai in there. Like the same thing with Paul Thomas Anderson. Like everyone is their favorite. 
But in the mood for love is like the universe is universally regarded as it wouldn't have been in my top ten, but it probably would have been in my top twenty. Um, yeah, it's the movie. It's so innocuous. It's like like I like we talked about it in the podcast. Um, you were not I like a super it. fan. I liked it, but I wasn't a super fan of it. But like I can't sit there and go like. Well, that's, Makes it's, sense. it's one of those things though, where like I was marveling over the slow motion shots of him picking up takeout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like those stairwell passages, I just found so compelling. Um, I get it though. Tokyo Story at number four. I'm, I'm bummed. It's it seemed like it was like rife for number one, and it seemed like it would be like a perfect kind of like everyone would agree. If it was number one, I bet like half the stories that got written about Gene Dillman wouldn't have been written about. They would have been like, cool, Tokyo Story is number one. Um, but it's Tokyo Story is a great film. Citizen Kane number three seems obvious and dumb. I feel the same way about Vertigo. I mean, I don't really. I now we could talk about this forever. I don't understand why Vertigo has neither entered do the I. consciousness. I don't get it either. Did we talk about this before? Like we have, what, yeah. Like why? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Citizen Kane, I guess I get, and it was on my no, no, I get, I get, film I get, I get a Citizen. I get it because like how much it shapes Hollywood films. Like it's yeah. Not doing necessarily anything new, but like it's still big, bombastic. It was new at the time, I think. It was new at the time, but like it, it new in the sense of, in terms think, of American film. I think you and me have, are different in the sense that like as stuff gets absorbed, it becomes less impactful. Where I think the film, the cinephile would argue that like the more something gets absorbed, the more impactful it ought to be regarded. Yeah, as. And, and I get that with Citizen Kane. What the Fuck is Vertigo doing? I don't know. And we, I mean, we're not going to figure it out here, so like, you can no. kind of skip it. We're almost done. Jean Gilman, number one. Um, I get it. I, it's really difficult. It's hard. Uh, it's really long. It is... Um, the idea of having a, a, a woman director at number one. You know, obviously no one planned that. A, a, just a lot of people voted for it, and I think they just decided that this was the movie. And I yeah, and we, we talked about we talked about this in our predictions list. Is I thought people were going to circle around this movie, and I feel like a lot of people probably did. And I think this is a criterion effect. It was widely available. All of a sudden, you could just sit and watch it for as long as it took for you to watch it for three days, three hours, whatever. So do we it think would have been on my number? It would have been on my list for sure. Do we think this is an effect of like the experimental film aspect of it? Or do we think it's like an effect of... I think, personally, be, and this is someone that has a lot of respect and love for this movie, is that it checks a lot of boxes. I think it is a subtly emotional film. I think it's highly experimental, which this list prizes. I think it's difficult, which this list prizes. I think it is um, from a good country. It's not American, which I think is really good. Um, you know, it still is hues to um a very french aesthetic of uh realism um i think aesthetically you can make the people that are making a case against this movie are doing so politically well, i think I, aesthetically it makes perfect sense here or just, i just wonder is this like the aesthetic of it is interesting because like obviously the experimental film movement in terms of this kind of like slow meandering day in the life thing had been come before with like the films of, um, what the fuck was it? Uh, Scrab and Hewlett 
like a chronicle of Anna Magdalene Bach or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which was shorter and whatnot, but like this kind of like slow meandering contemplation of things. And I don't know, but I don't think it's it's not. Is it is it the experimental aspect of it? Is it the fact that like uh, Ackerman was so? I, just, I think what I, Ackerman understood was that everything in this movie has. I just I, I think don't what, get it yet. So I think what people would argue is that so we talked about cutting like potatoes. Okay. I think what Ackerman is maintaining here, especially with what she doesn't show us, is what carries weight in this woman's life. Is that the prostitution carries less weight until it carries all the weight. Well no, 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 and no. What no. Car- and, but I think what she's what I don't know if she she probably let's just assume she knew she was doing it, but I just you know assume, I don't know what it takes to make this movie. For the longest, it's the way that those and we talked about this. When we talked about the movie. Those subtle shifts in weight, I think, are really really important. Well, I agree, and I, I think the thing that I and that's what like, makes like it going going back to looking at this movie that I didn't think of when I watched it the first time, and something that made me appreciate it more. I still don't like it because I think it's too long um is the fact that like some the prostitution the sex work is just as mundane as cutting potatoes it's even more mundane than cutting potatoes because it's not even it's not even shown except for the very end where she's in the room with the john and she kills him i didn't even think about that but like it's i i looked at it as just like a just another aspect of her day-to-day life which i i respect but Until I, it's not. And yeah. we talked about, yeah, that's, yeah. That was um, part of the, a big part of the conversation we originally had. I just, I don't know. I just, I just still have an issue with this movie because like, I think when you I get it after two and a half hours, I don't need the extra, I get it after like two hours and 10 minutes. I don't need the extra like four. I just, I want 40 minutes off of this. Yeah, but you can't because you need to have the third time she makes the bed. You need to have the third time she makes the tea. You need to have the third time. And that's why I need to rewatch this movie. Yeah. Um, which is, but I think which shows, this, I, I respect this movie. If you I, look I, at, I have, I, I mean, that sounds like a, a dick thing to say. I have enough of a curiosity, yeah, at least yeah. about this film, to like want to watch with somebody else to be like, How about here? How about like here? what? Yeah, yeah. What beat am I missing? Because I feel like well, but, but, there's like because this movie doesn't feel meandering. It feels as though it's very intentional. And maybe I maybe I said like it kind of felt like it meandered in the initial review, but it does feel intentional. But I can't find its musicality. Almost. I, I can't. I can't find its. Um, I'm. Yeah, I get I, it. I can't. I, I know can't what you get mean. on its wavelength. Basically. I'm. This is this is my kind of. I, I was on this movie's wavelength. This is my kind of movie. This is what I want from movies. You will see it at the end of the year list. I'm really struggling this year because nothing is giving me what I want out of movies. Um, well, which same, is same for me. Which is this kind of like this type of marriage of the emotional and the aesthetic. That's literally all I want. I could. Which Gian Delman does like in terms of aesthetic, absolutely. I would never argue with you. The aesthetic of it and, is perfect, but I just cannot. And find that's where it. I'm to, to say to to right. quote, uh, you know, J.K. Simmons from Whiplash, roughly like I can't 
can't find its beat or whatever, mm. whatever he says in that um, garbage. And that's where like, it's not garbage. I think if you look at these top it. 10, I think the singing in the rain is kind of like the outlier here. If you look from man with a movie camera to Jean Gilman, it's, it's really not an outlier. Singing in the rain is kind of just like this. No, but is this movie that you have a bunch of very experiment. You have a very a bunch of very difficult films, except for vertigo. Really, but Vertigo, I guess, I just don't understand either. So maybe think, it's the I don't most think, difficult. I film. don't think 2001's that difficult. It's difficult for, I think, for a normal film goer because it's asking you to make connections that don't exist. It's. But I think there's a. Don't enough, exist expositorily. No, I know, I agree, but I think it's visually stimulating enough and has this. But it's got. Has no, these beats. But it's got to no it narrative. And, and I think it's, it's fair, but I think it has these beats at moments sure. to like. Keep a person engaged. But I'm thinking if you're... Also, Tokyo Story is pretty easy. It is, but it's also slow and dry and... and but it's so, quiet, visu- so, it's quiet. so visually pleasing. But to, it's only visually pleasing to us. I think if you showed if you showed Tokyo Story to someone who is not used to watching that type of movie, they'd be like, what is happening here? Like, it's just a bunch so? of people... Yeah, of course. Just a bunch of people sitting. It's a bunch of people having really obvious conversations about, like, uh, what happens after people die, you know... Like, like, kind of. Um, uh, Vertigo is also pretty easy. conversing, but that's but Vertigo. Maybe it's not easy. Maybe it's the most complicated film ever because I thought I got what Vertigo is, but apparently I don't because it's the second best movie ever made. It was the first best movie ever made, and then um, it was the second best. But no, I just think Jean, I think John Dillman kind of um, punctuates a really interesting top ten. Well, yeah, I think I think from this, like, man with a move, well. No, I don't know that. Uh, Mulholland Drive, Botrevi, and Gian Delman are the most difficult movies mm-hmm. of these bunch. Um, I think Mulholland Drive is the outlier because I think in time Mulholland Drive's kind of kind of kind of fade. Especially, I think if the list opens up more, I think Mulholland Drive drops out of the top ten. I think it's once again a snapshot of the time it came in. But, but yeah, I, I do. I do feel like top ten is nurtured in this like difficulty, in it, which is which I which I appreciate. Um, I agree with a lot of the stuff on this. You know, top. Not that I agree with it, but like I don't have a problem with it. Um, but I, I do think just just to kind of go, just to kind of like end, because um, I'm falling asleep. Um, <laughs> Or, you know, to piggyback on what I said at the beginning of this thing, I think the list, um, I think this is a list that is going to continually reward. I mean, how many movies did we we find that were like. But I also think that like where the last list kind of resisted thinking about past a certain point. You know what I mean? You watch a bunch of movies and then you're like, do I, do I want to watch the color of pomegranate? And then you watch 20 minutes of like, I don't want to watch The Color of Pomegranate. Like, no. Why would anybody want to watch The Color of Pomegranate? I think this is a list that's going to get people to watch some stuff. So I think people are going to watch Killer of Sheep and they're going to be like, where was that? Like my whole life. Like where? Did, like why didn't anybody tell me about Killer of Sheep? I think there's a bunch of people that are only going to look at the top 10 that have never even heard of Bo Travai that are going to watch it and be like, holy shit. Yeah, and, that's, shit. and that's, that's the importance of this list. Like people that have uh, that shit on this list don't realize like it's important from this aspect of the fact that we I found Dreyer. I, mean, I don't know if you had watched Dreyer. Yeah. Before then, um, you you find new things. I had a problem, Mario. 
I can't say it enough times. I had a big, I had a big criterion problem. So I was able to, I watched oh, right. a lot you, of stuff you, you saw because I had a, <laughs> because I had a disease. I do want to say this though, before we finish, I want to pick the first movie. That we oh yeah. What do you want to do? I don't know. My, my thought was you start early. You didn't see black girl. I've not seen black girl. No. Can we just start with black girl. Let's do it. We don't know when we're going to do it, but the first movie we will do under the pivotal. We have to figure out where it's uh, where it's available. We'll find it. Yeah, I'm just, it's definitely available somewhere. Yeah, oh, I mean that'd be embarrassing for them if everyone They're, voted for a movie that top one under, unwatchable. It's available only on microfiche. <laughs> and Seventeen libraries. That would be America. amazing though, because then we could talk about our experience finding it. That's Beaujolais, man. Bojavai, right before it came out on Criterion, I drove to fucking Hartford to watch it in a college library because I had a DVD that couldn't leave. And then I found like an illegal stream of it. But that's part of the experience. Is the fact that I'm computer literate and Tom is a goofball. <laughs> He's the librarian who should be able to find those things. That's, that's, a, that's me. Uh, if you, I'm a librarian. I would never say get it illegally. Here's uh, a torrent of it. Cross your fingers and hope for the best. Fair enough. <laughs> if you want to tweet us about this, you can. Fuck you. Because we don't have a tweet. Piece of shit. You can <laughs> get off of fucking Twitter, man. You, you can find the two minutes and get on a Be Real. Have you heard about this? No. There's a new app called Be Real now? We're on Mastodon. <laughs> get our Mastodon. I don't know what that even means. It's a, it's a, it's a new I know it's social a thing. network thing. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the, the pivotal film Gmail. The idea that the idea that Elon Musk is not literally selling every single letter that you type down, like in Twitter, to make back like the money he spent is oh, he's, you're he's fucking definitely insane. Is. He definitely is. You probably can't reach us on social media. We'll figure <laughs> if you need to. We'll figure it. You out. don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to. You can email us. No one's emailing us. Listen to the podcast. Watch movies. Drink beer. I think we're going to talk to you very soon. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, we will be we'll be in touch with friends. Have Goodbye. A-